here we go. Can you hear me? God, Scott, can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear. Hi. I've even got my works earphones in. <laughs> We're going all out special for this now. It's, uh, are you ready to go? Are you ready to start? I'm ready to rock and roll, but when you are. You ready to rock? Well, we just, uh, turn, we just turn the golf down because I've got it on in the bedroom. What is that, the players? Yeah, we've got the players going. Garcia is miles ahead by the looks of it. I know. I was going to say about the uh, the players. It's strange because Rory McIlroy is, well, he's defending champion and it's not been played for over two years or something like that. How did he finish today? I haven't seen the last time I seen him. He was seven over through nine. He he's uh, not looking too healthy at the moment. I don't know. I I missed the the holes that he's. I think he shot like double bogey on one hole. Another is he's uh, falling apart at the moment. Well, they popped. There was a, a thing on Twitter earlier on, and I messaged Gareth, and he had six pars in his first nine holes, and he was seven over. Oh my word. He put two balls in the water on 18 and three putted for an eight, I believe. Three? Oh, fucking heck. That's, that's always been his downfall of his game, I, I always thought, was his putting. His driving is, uh, for me, he's one of the best in the world, but God knows what he's doing. Garcia's looking on form. I mean, all, all most of the European players are looking on form, coming forward to the Ryder Cup. Well, it's going to be interesting to see who does get picked for the Ryder Cup, because... You've got players like Victor Hovland, Victor Perez, Lee Westwood, Rob McIntyre. You could have four or five debutants. Same with America. You could have Colin Morikawa, Daniel Berger, um, Matt Wolf. They're all in the mix. It's uh, Lee Westwood. Well, with that finish in the um, Arnold Palmer, I still get that he didn't win. But because of that second place finish, that I think that putting points-wise are definite in the European team. I... I fell asleep on Sunday quite early and he was he had just fallen one behind at about ten o'clock and then I woke up and he'd lost by one. But it oh. looked like him and the Shambold parred their way in from like nine. Yeah, yeah. I I gotta say, like, even though with the Shambo's like length difference, I mean he's the way he was bombing it, to to be fair to Westwood, who you know, if not, he's not one of the longest players, but in comparison to the Shambo. But for like a forty-seven-year-old man, he still hold, held his own. And and if he didn't miss that putt on the sixteenth, I think it was, which was putting for a birdie, it was only like a six-footer, and that would have easy have gotten him for a playoff more than likely. And this is like so. Cl- I mean, the last major he won was something like over ten years ago. So that would have, but I mean, second place, he's probably still taking over eight hundred grand or something. The thing with Westwood, though, is that, okay, he's not as big as some of the boys on tour, but he's consistently pounding the fair with 300 yards. If you're doing that week in, week out, you're going to be making a lot of birdies because he hardly he hardly misses a fairway. Okay, his putting's not great, but he's constantly hitting greens and giving himself chances. Yeah, he's, he's just always got that natural ability. and He's done it for so long now, it's probably second nature when it, when it comes to golf, there's no pressure on him. He's been there, done that. It's, yeah, it's well, he, he, had an in, he had an interview, I think, about, I think, two or three years ago, he went down under, not down under, I say down under, he went down in South Africa, and he basically said that he doesn't care about golf anymore. He comes out, yeah, whatever he shoots, he moves on. But I think that's probably the attitude to have as well. Yeah. Like, I know that he... I think he split... He's with his new girlfriend now, but with his ex-girlfriend, he was in the process of that, I think, and... Like, you look at him now, and 
he's got his missus on the bag. I know. I didn't realise that until I seen... Because um, I wasn't really paying much attention. But until the final haul and, and the shamble shaking the hands, I didn't realise it was his missus. There's a brilliant... Um, obviously, like you were doing this podcast, but during the first lockdown, I started listening to podcasts. Yeah. And there's... It's called Life in the Loop. Right? All right. It's... I believe it's David Horsey's Cardi, and okay. he was interviewing Cardi's from tour. And you've got James Baker. I think it's James Baker. Let's have a look. Yeah, it's James Baker. Um, he used to Cardi for Donaldson, I believe. Well, James Baker, Cardi's for Westwood when his missus can't. Okay. So when Westwood's missus doesn't Cardi, he's got James Baker on the bag. And I believe last year, at some point, his missus wasn't Cardian. I think James jumped on the bag, and the first thing he was on his bag, they won. Just so kind of, <laughs> oh, I've walked from one job into another job, won, and now I'm only going to caddy in bit parts because I know Polter does it. I think Polter, Polter's caddy is Terry Mundy. Yeah, yeah. And he's also his agent. So when Terry's not caddy and Polter's got someone else, but I think Terry basically tells Polter at the start of the year, these are the weeks I'm going to work, and then Polter gets someone else in for the other weeks. Fair enough. As I think. When you get to that level, I think top, at least top, probably top 100 in the world golfers, the, the caddies are probably on some sort of rota. They, you know, there's no worry with paying the caddy. Obviously, maybe when you start dropping to like 2,000 in the world or whatever, you caddies is, is, I don't know if it's a sort of a reliable job where you might have to get a second job on the side. Well, you look at, for example, I know it's quite cruel, but you look at Stuart Manley. Yeah. And the years he's been on tour, yes, of a caddy. But then if Stuart misses a cut, he's then got to pay his cardio wage from his his own money. I know. It's, 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 I think you've at least got to pay them a, um, a basic wage of a new. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like 10% if you win or something like that as well. Did you see that story with um, Matt Kutcher a couple of years ago? No, go on. He had a, he had a, he had a stand-in card. I think it was in Puerto Rico. It might have been on Mexico. Okay. And... He'd agreed to pay his card. He's something like five percent, maybe. He won that week, and he was refusing to pay his card. the ten percent they were meant to pay him. Oh my word! So if you you can search on Google, if you put it in my uh, Matt Kutcher card, there's a whole story behind it, and he got really, really criticised for it. I can I can imagine. I mean, it's sort of it's like I don't know. Probably it's, I don't know if it's going to be a. It's like when you tip a waiter, or whatever. It's sort of like an expectation, and you know it is frowned upon heavily if you don't. Uh, you know, give a little bit of a percentage if you go to a nice restaurant, for example. So I can imagine, you know, and especially if the whole world is watching him, it, 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 the media is only going to get out, the story's only going to get out, and yeah, I can imagine he was criticised, especially if you're winning God knows amount and, you, and you're not going to pay your caddy a minimum of, of that winning. But it's... Well, here you, you go, this is off, this is off BBC. Matt, issue, Matt Kutcher has issued an apology and says he will pay a temporary caddy in full after his victory in the Mayakoba Golf Classic last October. <laughs> the American golfer 40 defended his decision to pay $5,000 to local caddy David Ortiz, who stepped in for regular caddy John Wood. World number 22 Kutcher collected a winner's cheque for $1.3 million. Wow. Wow. That's... Ortiz is reportedly to have asked for 50000 about £39,000, rather than 10% of the first prize. 10% would have been 100000 And all he asked for was 50000 which is 5%. Why? He, he's not really in a financial issue. I don't know what 50 grand out of £1.3 would have... It's... 
I don't know. It's I, I guess a little bit. You of look. Greed you think is... of. Go you on, think of like David Ortiz with there, fifty grand. That's a year's earnings for him. That's all his travel, his food, 100%. probably for his mortgage. That's paid off. Ah, bloody hell. Um, did you watch? But he couldn't afford to give him five percent. Oh my god, I can't even imagine. I'd be fuming. I would be fuming if I was a caddy. I uh, any. Any job, if you know you're meant to be winning that as well, and like for example, say your boss is refused, I'd be fuming. Ah, I'd be straight to the tribunal. If it be fuming, um, I think it was a, a bit of both sides, though, because I don't think him or his cardi, well, don't know much Kutcher, but I don't think his, his cardi expected him to win that week. And when he does win, there's a kind of like, oh, we're winning now. I actually want what I'm entitled to. Yeah, I know what you mean. So before you know, before. Anything. It was like, yeah, don't worry, don't worry. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, well, I actually don't want a part of it now. Yeah. Ah, but yeah. Did you watch uh, the Genesis um, tournament uh, a few weeks ago that Tiger Woods is hosting, like, the final sort of holes between Max Homer and Tony Finau? I think they're both brilliant because Max Homer, he's a Twitter star. He's all over Twitter and... Have you seen that thing where you can rate your swing? You send it to him, and he'll basically criticise your swing. Oh, okay, like a Gordon Ramsay when he criticises your meal thing when you send him a photo. Funny enough, actually, I think your brother sent him a couple of swings before. You should ask him about that. I have to ask recently. I'm sure I've seen resend a few swings. You'll have some people that say, "What do you think of my swing?" And he'll say something like, "You were never getting on tour." <laughs> or, um, he'll say a couple of. He'll say he'll say a couple of things, and it's quite funny. It's like it is exactly like Gordon Ramsay, but then. Tony Finau, you can't get much nicer. He's such a nice guy, isn't he? What do you think of him being known like as... Like, I felt for him... Ne- I know. He's known as the Neely Man. I, don't I know. felt for him last year because he was two ahead, I think, with three to play. At I think it was a John Deere Classic and Webb Simpson was coming behind him or was with him. And it was two up with three to play, two up with two to play, one up with one to play, and you think, oh, he's got to win, yeah? He hit it to about... 10 foot in the last, you're thinking, right, he's got his first win here, or his second win. Webb Simpson goes and holds a 15 foot, huh? Ah. Take up to half, well, not so much a half, but to take it to a playoff. Fino then misses, and then Webb does exactly the same then in the playoffs. He goes three birdies in three holes. Oh, my word. And you just think, what does this guy got to do to win an event? I know. I think, I do think, though, as soon as he does win, maybe his first PG. To, uh, I think he'll he'll absolutely go across the scene. He's been, I think he's won something ridiculous like twenty million dollars in 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 winnings because he's consistently been second, third, second, third. Even like in the Masters, he's been yeah. top ten. I think if Fino's going to win one, he's going to win either a WGC or he's going to win a major. That's my opinion. He won't win like a small time um, PJ Tour. He'll win a big one. Yes, I, I definitely, I think, I think you're right with it. Um, as you can imagine, I still haven't got a, I still haven't got a, a proper theme tune to this podcast yet. I, I don't know what, what one would go because it, like I said, the, the theme tune, it, the podcast itself, it depends on the guest is is obviously the topic of the podcast. So I don't know what I need one that's gonna fit all across the board that could end up being a topic about flipping gangsters to golf to obviously a football to to, to anything. <laughs> well. You know, you know the theme that you used. Was it with Matthew? You used it the one before. Probably, I I, I can't remember. I, I like, I like that one. To be fair, it was nice. It was good. 
to us, I probably chose some random song on Spotify, played it across the lap. I can't even remember what it is now. I'd have to do that thing where you, you play music and do it an app or something and it gives you the name. Probably. Oh, Shazam. Oh, Shazam. Shazam. That's the one. Yeah, it was good. It, I have to put it as Shazam. It was good. Who are you um, finding, do you think, for the Masters then? Because that's coming up, well, April's next month, so not long now. I don't know if Tiger Woods is going to make it in time, but, well, I think he's... Um, no, I think I, my my feeling is is that we may not see Tiger back ever again on a golf course. Ever, Maybe what? in a Champions Tour, but I think I think for PGA Tour, I think he could be done this time. Oh wow! Because um, he had he had another back surgery in the off season, and I know he had on the Genesis. He was hopefully back for the Masters, but with the leg, a double leg, rig or double leg fracture. And his age, I think we once if he does come back, it won't be for at least a year, maybe two years. Yeah. But he may not come back at all because it's a challenge to get back playing on tour. I can imagine. It takes a lot out of the body. It's not like obviously the four days, it's it's the preparation, it's the practice courses, it's it's the travelling, it's you know, it's the balance of your family lifestyle as opposed to everything else. And it's it it can imagine it does take a lot out of you. And and granted he it could be it could be a case where he plays all these events like um, the Genesis, Bridgestone, um, Sawgrass. These courses where he's won multiple times before, he may just play 10, 10, 11 events a year and play on these courses he knows so well. So he hasn't got to turn up on a Monday or a Tuesday. Turn up on a Wednesday, 18 holes, practice round straight to the event on fr- on Thursday because he knows the courses so well. I know. I do feel so sorry for him in terms of he's had so many back surgeries, so much... So much just unlucky, it's just so unlucky with everything. As obviously, he's had a bit of a mental childhood, but in his recent years, he's been building a great portfolio, like working with the youngsters, inspiring all of a sudden. You think he's just about to get back on it again with the win in the Masters, and you everyone's thinking, Ah, oh, here comes the next Masters, see how we can do it, see if we can take DJ's green jacket off him now. And it's just, well, just straight back into hospital, crash the car. Like what Rory said, like we're lucky to have him alive. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I've watched the Tiger documentary on Sky, and I thought it was good. There's another one that I want to watch, but I can't find it anywhere. Have you seen the Tiger on HBO? No, I've I seen the one in the documentary, but I've not seen Tiger one on HBO. Is it? I, I think what I would have... There's, changed... a sec- there's a second one. Oh, okay. I oh, haven't I watched it, but I really want to watch it, and it looks a bit more... It looks a bit more in-depth... I'll have to have a look. I'll have to... Well, I wonder if it's on... Well, I don't know if it'll be on Prime or whatever. There's a... I'm sure I was going to say what I do with, well, any sort of sporting event that I can't get on TV, check on the stream, hope for the best. Get about a thousand viruses, but uh, yeah. it'll do the job. Are you into Are you into reading? Reading? I love... I, I try to do the odd bit of reading. I mostly do my reading when I'm on holidays, but I'll get through maybe a book a month or something like that at the moment. I'll try and find it, but I've got Hank Haney's book here about Tiger. Oh, I can imagine he's got so that goes stories. A, that goes a bit more in-depth as well, because you hear about when Tiger wanted to give up golf to go into the military or the, the Navy SEALs, and he was yeah. adamant that he was going to quit golf and... The training with the thirty-pound boots or whatever it was, and um, <laughs> how his knees, his back, everything went. Then you've got Steve Williams talking about how we never knew what Tiger was doing um, with these women in hotels. Hank oh, Haney wow. talks about it. It's it's 
it's pretty in depth. It's pretty good. Very good. I haven't read it for years, but it is good. I do like a good book. Is that one of the things that you've been doing through lockdown? Like, what do you think? What what have we been doing to keep busy? Do these flipping national lockdowns at the moment? Four. Um, the first one, the first one was great back in March last year. Well, it was. It weren't great, but podcasts. We had Eddie Pepper's podcast. We had Life in the Loop, Michaela, um, Jake Humphreys, Jamie Carragher's, a lot of podcasts. And then there was a couple of books, a couple of Netflix, or so went through Top Boy, Tiger King. Yeah. You then had Michael Jordan's oh, documentary, which documentary. was unbelievable. What an unbelievable documentary. Unbelievable. How can you have 20 years worth very, of footage? Very, very good. 20 years worth of footage, just like they're waiting to go, and then all of a sudden, it's ah, um, unbelievable. I, it's I, quite it's quite the story. They never wanted to meet the Nike director, did he, or the Nike owner. He was adamant, no, I'm not doing it. And then as soon as he met them, the Jordans became this massive thing. I know. It's I, incredible. I, other than, you got obviously you got Tiger up there, you got that, uh, the Jordan documentary up there. There's, there's. I'm sure there must be one more out there that would. It's just fast. You've got Roger Federer. You've got Serena Williams. You've got uh, Ronaldo, Ronaldinho. You've got all these, these golfers. Like you go on about like Tiger Woods, but then you've got Jack Nicklaus. You've got yeah. Arnold Palmer, Gary Player, Phil Mickelson. Even what an unbelievable golfer. He. I, I read a statistic about him the other day. I didn't realise he didn't actually win his first major until he was like 24, 25, which I thought was like quite late for like someone like him. I thought he would have at least won one or two by then, but 24, 25 was his first like major Mickelson. win. Yeah. He, um, he is one of the only players, I believe, to win a PGA Tour event as an amateur. Oh, wow. Would, would you... Would so I think when he was 18 winnings? or 19... Oh my word! What what happens then with the winnings? Is that I can't. He doesn't get it. Oh my word! Oh, because a couple, back in late two thousands, early two thousand tens, can you remember Shane Lowry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shane Lowry won the Irish Open as an amateur. He beat Robert Rock in a playoff, and Robert Rock, Robert Rock, not going to say he lost motivation, but he knew he was getting three hundred thousand pounds in his back pocket because Shane Lowry couldn't claim the winnings. <laughs> That's mad. That it's was, incredible, isn't it? That's not even like a percentage of the. Well, it's, I can. I'd be gutted. I mean, I guess obviously for Shane Lowry, I mean, look at him, he won the Open in his hometown. So it all worked out in the end. But it, it it's incredible. I I imagine, I couldn't imagine if like someone like Victor Hovland won the Masters when he was an amateur. That, that would have been a, a story enough. But he was top amateur anyway, and he got to go in the clubhouse with Tiger Woods. He's a. Uh, Definitely starting to well, become a star. Back, um, I think back in 2015, Paul Dunn was leading the British Open through three rounds as an amateur. Oh and word. you're thinking, right, this is unbelievable. I'd like to see an amateur win a major yeah. in my lifetime, just to see what it would be like. Oh, it'd be... I, I don't know. I, I, I think there would be so much pressure on the amateur then to, to go on to have... A, well, it, it definitely... Help them financial wise in terms of they probably wouldn't get the winnings of that amateur, uh, the major, but they probably get endorsements and sponsorships for days. It'd sort them right out. Oh, absolutely. Um, other than golf, what what do you think you've missed most 
from COVID lockdowns, what do you think has been one of your biggest misses other than golf? Going out for food. <laughs> <laughs> Going out for food. I, I know. I, I got uh, a Milan Carter voucher off my parents for, for Christmas. They um, had to send it to me in a mail because obviously I couldn't. couldn't. <laughs> and it's just there sitting in my wallet that I mean, the missus can't do app. It's just nothing. It's just sitting there. It'll probably expire uh, by the time I can use and- it. Me and Shauna, we had just before the the um the lockdown before Christmas, we played Earlswood, didn't we? Yeah, and yeah. um we had planned then to go to Miller and Carter on the twenty no, Christmas Eve, we'd plan to go to Miller and Carter. So there's me looking at the menu. I'm gonna have the calamari to start. Ah, good the, start. Um, good shout. The rump the rump steak sirloin medium. Look at everything thinking, Oh, I'm gonna have this and then the email came through, your reservation's being cancelled, it's heartbreaking. <laughs> oh, and word. then uh. And you're just thinking, oh my god! And yeah. then be looking forward to this podcast all week. I had an Andos in your honour yesterday. Ah, oh, you got to have an Andos. It's it's one of but my only. I'm not as brave as you. I, I can't do... have I can't have the extra hot sauce. I just can't do it. I do like I I do like a nice. I mean, I when it comes to a curry, I, I'm a Madras of Indru, and only so many times I've tried a a foul, and I think I said it previously, the second time I tried a foul, no word of a lie, I must have been hallucinating for a good hour, I swear, everything turned, every, <laughs> everything turned purple, uh, it, was, it was not in a good... If I'm at Madras, if it's to Madras, I've got to have water or something there, because it just, it's so nice, like, people say, why well, do you have hot food? Well, it's nice, it tastes better, yeah. but it comes with the consequences of the burn. It... I I've just been one of the people that can just deal with all like there'll be like for for example I don't like beans like like be like Ains beans I've just never been able to eat beans I've never been able to <clears throat> to have like mushrooms on toast I can't do I don't know what it is about it but I've just always been one who can have a good bit of hot food wings I, I uh just pay the pay the price definitely a couple of days after and it's it's. It's not. It's not too well. It, the worst thing that I've probably ever done is have hot food and then have like a nine o'clock tee off on the golf, and then I'm there <laughs> quarter to nine in the golf club, and I got Martin texting me with a fip and a gallio, and I'm like, I'm only stop rushing, <laughs> stop rushing me, like I'm trying to leave me alone. <laughs> I remember being about, I think we were nineteen twenty, and your brother had passed his test, and me and Gareth couldn't drive, so we went to Nando's, me, Gareth, and your brother. We're there now having our chicken and so much chicken and it's unbelievable. And then <laughs> Reese is like, what are you having? Right, I'm having medium. Regard, I thought I'm having lemon and herb. Your brother, he's there. He's having, is it the black flip? What's the black? Uh, extra, extra bottle? hot. There's another one now. Is it a Zuma or a Zuma? So that's an extra, extra, extra hot. Oh. So your brother's here now with the black, the black bottle. He's eating his food and me and Garth are like, He's not even flinching. I'm there with the hot food, with the hot chicken, thinking, this is unbelievable. My mouth's on fire. And he's there. He doesn't flinch. And we're like, how the hell does he do it? Oh, wow. I, I, I probably obviously something in the genes then if we, if me and my brother and, and David can do it. But I I don't know. I It's just, we're one of the lucky ones that we, we can also eat as much as we want. And we will not put... I maybe Reese. Ah, well, then again, I've seen a bit of a belly on Reese lately, so the the jeans are turning on. Him. <laughs> he um he just recently bought the uh, uh what do you call it? It's like a red uh ah uh, uh, it's a certain bike. You could, it's like a exercise bike, but it's called a 
a north bike something ah oh, i can't remember oh, what, is it a what bike? bike you got it so he says this is phenomenal one of the best things he's ever bought so i does that mean does um oh has he got those things or the arm things you've got to move the arms whilst you whilst I, you're um, I have to have a look. on the bike let's have a look what we got you what what bike let's have a look what we got i don't know oh yeah you're right there it is yeah i can see it up there <laughs> I can imagine myself. Oh, two and a half. We see you getting paid way too much. Bad deal. Me and the missus got a cheap little hundred pound exercise bike down in the conservatory and it, it with a couple of weights and that's probably pretty much one of the only ways we've been exercising in in, in you know other than the gym. And it's oh, well, I've been I've been lucky. I got a field near where I live and I've been doing a chip and a and a, a little bit of a high irons but there just to work on some stuff. But it's. Yeah, it's not the same as a golf course. Never the same. Oh, I, I've done absolutely nothing for nearly three months. Well, and it won't be long, Scott. It's been, it's been nice. Oh, the first month was okay. I can do this. Then it was a case of oh, another three weeks. Okay, I can do this. And then it got to mid-February, and I thought I really could do with a game of golf. Yeah, now. yeah. And I've had, I've got eight dozen balls under my works bench by her in the, in wow. the bedroom. I've got three pairs of golf shoes in the house, <laughs> two gloves. I filled my. I had to buy a new wardrobe for my golf stuff. I've got about thirty t-shirts or thirty polos ready. About ten pairs of trousers. It's just my bedroom is half office, half golf. It's bonkers. Ready to go. Was you um one of the I'm lucky ones to, to get a book in? I was. I was very strategic though because I let Gareth book my tea time for Saturday. Because yeah. I'm going to work Saturday morning, and then I booked Sunday so we could. He's got Saturday; it's his birthday Sunday, so he's not playing. So I'm playing with Sam on Sunday, so I'm quite lucky to get two rounds in this weekend. I was there. I didn't realize I was I was there in work, and um, it must have been about three minutes to five or something like that. And there was just an inkling, something telling me, "Go look at your phone, go look at your phone." And I look at it, and obviously there's that. Five minute warning until five o'clock, and I thought, "Oh my word!" Straight to, straight away to my boss, guy. I gotta go for two minutes. I guess I got something really important. <laughs> He's like, "Not a problem. You gotta call the family." I'm like, "No, no, I gotta book my tea time." All right? He's like, "Go on in," and um, obviously bubbles is away for a month or so with the army, <laughs> so I'm uh, gonna be teeing off with uh, David on Saturday. So whoever is behind us, I do feel sorry for you. I try my best. To be as fast I'm as I can. What about three groups behind you? Ah, well, it's gonna. What time are you teeing off Saturday? Is it half past twelve? Quarter past twelve. Oh, you are. Me and Gareth are five past one. So we're not far behind, do we? Not too far. I think it's. Um, I'm hoping the weather is uh, typical. Obviously, well, like you said, mid Feb, it was. It was. We were all craving a game of golf, and we had about a week or two of solid pure sun, and it was fantastic. And now, we're, like you know, Swords Law is, we've got golf probably coming on the weekend if Drakeford can give us the good news tomorrow or tonight or whenever uh, the news is released. And and it's going to be tipping down, if not, hopefully just a little bit dry. I'm not getting my hopes up because... No, I know. I've seen, or oh, I've had not so much conversations, but you've, you speak to people, oh, we, uh, they're going to announce it tomorrow, we're back yeah. playing Saturday. But then I've seen some golf courses posting newsletters saying um, it's not confirmed from the Welsh Government, it's not confirmed from Wales Golf, we will update you. So it makes me think that yeah. I'm being negative here, where the club have put the tea times up for Saturday and Sunday, 
And I still think, knowing Drakeford, he could turn around and say, oh, everything can open, but not till Monday. And then everything, yeah, everyone's yeah. looking forward to Saturday and Sunday, and we're not playing till Monday. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. I, I think I just read something that he said that social distancing and easements of rules will not even be looked at majorly until the end of 2021. I'm thinking, come on now, everyone's getting vaccinated. Everyone's had, majority have had, their, I think over a million, 1.1 million have had their first vaccine, at least in Wales. Something like 200,000 have had their se- at least their second vaccine. You've got the rates as low as ever. I mean, look at the fire break when we could play golf. There was like four to 8,000 people with every single day affected by the virus. And now we're not even... 50 or something ridiculous like that and, and there's no I can I can understand like okay the next three weeks two ballers I can understand yeah, that but at the same time but at the same time he's just being very negative and I'm thinking is it really going to be the same till the end of the year because I couldn't do another nine months of this it's been bad enough last year I know I like so does that mean that we can't rake bunkers we can't take the flag out again for another nine months yeah I know which I it's my argument is that you're allowing schools to go back. I mean, myself, I work in the labs in the university. I see at least thirty plus, if not forty plus students from all different households, all different departments, every single day. And then now you've got schools back, you've got kids at least ten to fifteen in a class with a teacher and that's you know, if you if you're allowing stuff like that, and, and then you got shops, and I know obviously you got to have your food, you got to have your, your you know your resources there, but golf is if not if there was a game designed for social distancing, golf is literally the perfect perfect game, and two baller would be perfect. Obviously, I think tournaments you could still probably get away with doing a two baller tournament. It would just maybe have to have a bit longer tee time, but it's. Do you know what's going to be quite? crazy is that for example now you and David can tear up on Saturday and play yeah your mother and father can come and watch no problem because there's four of you yeah the minute that Reese wants to play with you that's not allowed I know that's crazy isn't it? it's crazy so you can walk you can walk the golf course as a four no problem <laughs> but the minute you want to play no can only be two of you it's just not it's just ridiculous I uh I won't have to worry about Reese because he uh, he he could only get the half seven tea time. So good luck to him. <laughs> <laughs> good luck in the morning, Reese. It's uh. just it's just absolutely crazy how you can walk as four. You can go to the shops. Probably have your haircut from Monday, but you can't go and play golf in a four baller. Okay, I'm not complaining. It's a two baller. We're back, but it's ridiculous how three balls and four ballers still still aren't allowed to come back in. How are you? Um... When you're practicing your golf, I'm assuming you like golf, obviously go to a golf range, right? But yeah, um, it depends because with with practice, it's all good. Go, it's all good going to a range and pounding hundred balls, two hundred balls. But it's the practice on a golf course which is more beneficial. Like certain lies, certain shots, yeah, um, certain holes, like. If you can continuously play the same shot, you're going to be able to play the same shot. But up the first now, how often do you get a flat line? Not oh, very often. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, on the slope on the left, in the rough on the right, in the trees. Playing, practicing for certain scenarios, you'll get more benefit from. Like, yeah. if it's a quiet Saturday, I know people shouldn't do it, but 
if it's sat, if it's quiet, I might hit two or three balls into a green, diff, trying it different shots or trying it different lies angles. You'll get more benefit from that. Oh, I, I I agree. I think with with the the range, for example, for me personally, um, I my technique is not as good as yourself or and some of the other low handicappers. So I've for the and I've lucky enough I've got someone like Reese who can send my videos too, and he can be like, oh, I've moved this, move this. So I've one of the biggest things I've been working on now is say if I was to go to a range, I can work on making sure that I turn that left knee at like before and my legs doing most of the work to bring down the club as opposed to just using my hands. And then, yeah, you're 100% yes. right. When you're, when you're on the course, you can practice maybe, you know, on, on, a, on, a, on a hill or you can practice being in a bunker or you can practice on, you know, definitely being in the rough or on wetter grass. Just much different scenarios. I, I haven't seen it yet, but apparently they've changed the, the, the range or something, the up the golf club and I know they've just put in another new net thing near the putting putting green which is which looks really good. They've we me and Gareth went for a walk um three weeks ago or two weeks ago even and they've done a they've done a bit of work up there. The um where the the net was it looks like they've added the potential to have fifteen more car spots, which is needed because it's getting ridiculous up there at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, the club tweeted the new photos of the net, which looks superb. Um, the they've put new paths in in certain areas. Ten's got a new path. Um, four's got a new path. They've the tees on eight, twelve, and seventeen now look pretty good after being relayed. They even put a sand bunker on the tenth. Oh wow! Oh wow! Ah. So you know the the bunker on the left in the fairway. Oh, so the grass bunker is now a sand bunker. Oh wow! Ah, oh, well, I mean, like for looking... me, I always slice it right, so it should be it, right. It was looking pretty good up there. I know, obviously, they haven't been cut in as often, and um, it haven't been open, but the course does look nice. Um, I've seen Lewis put a photo up this week that uh, they've, I think he said first cut of the year. So again, things ready. The greens have been spiked, and I think they've been. Airified, I think. Ah, but so it's looking good. Yeah, it looks pretty good to go on Saturday morning. I think last way Wales is a bit lucky. You know, like where you are in these hot, um, hot states in America, they they need a lot of water and obviously to keep the well the course is looking quite nice. Whereas in Wales, we're quite lucky that we get quite a bit of rain, and then if we do get a week's worth of sun, it's you've only got to cut it probably once, and it, and it's just a macula because it's been watered naturally by just the rain anyway, and it definitely. Definitely does. I think I looked at photos something like fifth, even 15, 20 years ago to now, and the course like is so immaculate. The difference in how we, how we, just the fairways, the bunkers, the the greens, it's just another level again. And obviously the the funding that the course um has been getting, we've been able to buy new equipment to you know get that better cut on the greens, for example, and it, and it does make all the difference from having. Uh, you know, putting on a green from you know an ice like an ice flipping pool to to just like being in a sand bunker is it's nice to see. Uh, you know, everyone's whoever is a member up there is getting their money's worth at the end of the day. Yeah, I think you look at the price that we pay each year. Like full pay member, you pay six hundred. I get my money's worth two three times a week during the summer, winter as well. And the money, the price you pay for the course, like I know it's not the longest course in the world, but you do get caught out because the trees are starting to mature. Um, they're not easy greens to hit. They're small greens. You've then got 
like getting flowers on Green's committee was a really good thing. Um, you've then got Ross Keepbench with machinery. You can get stuff in for us. And just talking to other clubs, like we've got the Greens Iron now, we can get the Greens really quick. We've never had really quick Greens at Mount. And to see the past three years and how good the Greens have become, it's, it's crazy. Like, yeah. You don't get many baubles anymore. Balls moving offline. If you hit on a line, it will stay on that line. And because we've got quite small and quite slopey greens in spots, you can put pins in nasty positions and get caught out. Like if you put that pin on twelve at the back left or back right, if you miss your putt in the wrong area, you're going four, five, oh, six, seven foot past with a three with a three footer uh, with a three putt. Sorry. As long as um, it's not like the Lewis Masters positions, that'll be like <laughs> ah, disaster. Ah. It's the course is getting better each year and it's maturing. And just a, like in my opinion, I know it's unfair, but I think the rough could do with another inch or two when the fairways brought in because we haven't got a long course. And in my opinion, the course does need to be tougher because our standard scratch should never be too under. If it was more level par, you'd see a lot more accurate handicaps because we must be one of the worst clubs around for having scores 42, 43 plus. If you, you brought the rough in and if you brought the fairways in and the rough up and the greens a bit quicker, you might not see 40 points winning every week. You might see 39, 38, especially in the summer when it gets a bit drier and the greens yeah. can't be watered all the time. I um, When you say the golf course is not the longest, I think what it does bring out in a lot of players is it definitely brings out probably some of the best short game I've ever seen some some people out they gotta use you know their short irons, uh, no the long irons or their wedges. It's definitely the the way how people you know can use their their short game to to get that close to the pin. You can drive obviously some of the like like the ninth for example. You can obviously drive and I think Gareth had all in one on that at one point. Um, <laughs> so you can. But it comes it comes. It comes down to you do at Mount, you do have to have a good short game. And yeah. I will say, I think Mount players are known for having a good short game. Like you've got um, Flowers, the short game is just phenomenal. It's Luke's good. short game is really good, shit hot. Your brother's is great. I would say myself is right up there. I, I love a chip and a putt. Um, Marv is great. Reese Jones is great. Mount players have got really, really, really good short games because you have to be good with the wedge because most holes, it is a driver wedge. Yeah. What would you say your best part of your game is? Chipping. Chipping. Do you have a perfect... I feel like I can get up and down from... Like, not being cocky is confident. I feel like I can get up and down from anywhere and everywhere. Oh, you got to be cocky. I think that's... Golf is probably up there, like football, and, well, a lot of the world in sports like boxing and whatnot. If, if you're not confident in yourself, then it's going to... It's the. You you well you've just got to be confident in your own ability. Otherwise, what's the point of playing? You're there to to do well. You're there to win. If you're in a competition, like when you're you're fighting in a boxing ring, if you don't think that you're the best in the world, why are you bothering? You've got to have that confidence. I think that's the reason why some people don't I, play so well. Yeah, like I feel like you look at Patrick Reed on tour. He's not liked by many. Oh, Jordan Spieth the same. Like, Jordan Spieth's a great. He, he is like Patrick. He's not liked, but. The short games get them out of trouble so many times. Yeah. Like, I feel at Mount, if I miss a green by 20 yards, I feel like, yeah, bread and butter, I could get this up and down. And there's been so many times where, like, Garth will tell you, in Winter League, I've missed greens by not far. I, I miss a green, for instance. And he's confident enough that I will make up and down from pretty much anywhere. 
I think when you got that confidence in your teammate, that and that you know that's when you're going to make your teammate play even better. That was something I, I was curious about. How did you and Gareth become partners for Winter League? So how did it? Who asked who? How did, what did they do? Just bump into each other? How did it come around? Well, to, to be fair, me and Gareth started golf at the same time. So we've been best mates our whole life. We grew up in the same street. Um, we went to the same school. He was two years older. Um, we've grown up together. So obviously, naturally, you joined together. I continued with golf. I think Gareth went on a different path. He played a bit of cricket, a bit of rugby. He quit for a couple of years, then came back. And we, as juniors, you couldn't play competitions together. Okay. So we never had the chance to play as we never had the chance to play as juniors in winter league. So I we got a bit older. He then started up working. I started working, but I couldn't make every weekend because I used to work four on four off. Okay. So we took different paths. I think you, I think Gareth played with your brother a couple of times. He played with other members. And then when I started my new job, it was like, great, we can play a whole season of Winter League. And I think in the three years we've been together, I think we've lost four, maybe five games. It's just, it's a case of a dream. I would say a dream pairing because he's not a high handicapped golfer. He's a good golfer for his handicap. He should be off a lot lower than what he is, but he thinks about like he thinks about him more than me, I think, on times. But... I, uh, he's a very, I will say, you give him a three-footer and he's he's going to haul it. I've never met someone so good on three and four-footers, ever. I mentioned it when he was on the podcast that putting was probably the strongest part of his game and, and it's the reason why he gets such low scores sometimes. Well, like you were, you and Scott have obviously won with the league together, names on a board. It is obviously, definitely, if you... if. If me and Bubbles, for example, have to come against you <laughs> too, I, I, I don't know. I just, you always, well, you're gonna think, oh, you're in for a game. With anyone who has to versus you and and, and Gas, it's because of well, just your your record. The three years that we've lost, the three years we've played Winter League, the first year we lost in the final to the eventual winners, Ross Keepins and Dean Phillips. Great pairing, got to give it to him. Great pairing. The second year, then we lost in the semis to your brother and. Beefy, another great pairing. Same as me and Gareth. Low handicapper, mid handicapper, shots galore, works wonders. Yeah. And then the third year, it was a case of we've got to get over the line at some point. And it was just win after win after win after. We just, everything we touched turned to gold. And it was just in the back of our minds, we had to win it at some point because you can't yeah. keep getting to semi finals and finals and not doing anything. And when we won it, I, it's not being. It's no disrespect to Simon Morton and Frank Armstrong, but our toughest game was the semi-final against Dylan and Owen. Yeah. After we beat them, I just said, there's no way that we can lose this final because that was going to be our hardest game. It was strange because, obviously, when you won with the league, it was halfway through the year. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was crazy because we were due to play Owen and Dylan just before lockdown. And I said to him, I really... I don't fancy this simply because of the shots. Yeah. But the further you went on, I just thought, well, we've got to play him at some point. Let's just do it. And the golf we played was phenomenal. It was Owen hold a, a putt on the seventh. I, I cheekily said to Gareth, no, no, it's not on you. It's on Owen. And Owen hold the putt, walked off the green and thinking, oh, we're two down. And then I think from nine to, no, from six to 16, I was six under gross. Yeah. And it was just 
some crazy golf. And then Gareth came in with two late birdies, and that was it. And it just felt it felt like we couldn't lose the final. Ah, superb. One thing I've always wanted to do was win a, win a doubles tournament with him because we started together, and it just felt quite nice to win something with him. Yeah. Well, I can I can imagine. I probably one of the worst things I've done is is win a tournament with Bubbles because it's the only thing he's ever gone on about. <laughs> ah, but when you won the tournament, was it a kind of shock feeling that you won the tournament? Ah, oh, Scott, I woke up that day just thinking it was just going to be a normal day of just golf. You mean play, have a bit of fun, see how it goes, probably lose the odd ball in there. But I I can't even describe how it. It was so strange. I had had a good couple of weeks and I'd been playing with Dav and Reese and going on the course with my dad. And I was just doing well with my driving at that point. And Bubbles had started to do better with his putting. But it was strange in terms of I would... So me and I think Mark, I think we bogeyed the first. So it was like the usual ah, case and all. But then all of a sudden... I would get a I would get a, a par on the second and then Martin would get a, a birdie on the third, but I would shoot like a six, but then I would get a birdie on the, the, the seventh, for example, but he would lose his ball, so it would be down to me. So it was like a rotation of I had a bad roll, but he had a good roll, and then he had a bad roll and Dove I had Taylor. a good roll. Dove Taylor. Um yeah, it was just To win win to to win golf tournaments you gotta dovetail. Like it was maybe times where I would make a bogey and Garth would be there with a net with a par net birdie and you're thinking, right, great. And then he would make a mistake and I would make the par net birdie. To win a golf tournament, you've got a dovetail of a new and it's it's crazy. When you when you least expect it, it's, it feels better again. I think what it was for us is is because of our handicaps, there was no expectations. So it was just like we were and to be honest, all the way through there was not ever the thought of it, like not even one bit to be like, oh, we're in for this. Like it was just general chat, normal chat. I mean, but we were just putting from like 14 feet and it was just dropping. But yeah, again, we were thinking, ah, good putt, nothing much of it. I just, I still, I know, I think Martin mentioned, I still go back to that 16th hole. I, I don't know, Scott, how to explain it. I've never <laughs> seen nothing like it. I had driven my ball. I'd lost my ball, left, it's gone. I thought, ah, oh, flipping it, garbage. Martin does his driver, okay, he's he's told it, right, it's come off the club, right, it's shocking, it's gone through trees, it's gone through a bush, it's somehow ended 50 yards left, it's off, he's on He's on the 8th fairway or something like that, he's, it's, it's atrocious, <laughs> he's hit this iron shot, I, I just cannot believe it to this day, and he's landed it about a yard from the hole, buries it, we take our birdie, and, and we parred, the seventeenth, Martin birdies the eighteenth, and and it's <laughs> it's. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to think about it. I will probably never win another tournament, but it's it just is just quite funny to be honest. It was. Oh, don't be so negative. This you golf is one of the most craziest sports ever. Like you got about the doubles women there, you didn't expect it. Me and Gareth won one towards the end of last year as well. And if you'd seen us on the Saturday, you'd think, what is going on? Gareth was absolutely horrific. He couldn't hit a barn door. We walked <laughs> up to seven holes. He, he said, oh, you come for a drink? I said, no, I'm going to go home. But I didn't really go home. I sneakily went over to the range because I just wasn't happy. Yeah. He's there thinking, he's there texting me. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm just in the house. But I was over the range. I'm there hitting, I think I... 
I think I bought about 20 quid worth of range balls. Yeah. I must have hit about 250 balls over there. Just <laughs> couldn't find nothing. And then we turn up on, he texted me on the Saturday night. So I don't know what to do. I just, I don't feel great. I said, come on, let's have a game tomorrow and see how it goes. Picked up the first. I bombed one over the tiger and he followed me. I went, oh, good start by you compared to yesterday. I then birdied the first. I went, oh, here we go. <laughs> and we got to like nine. I think we were eight under net. And I said, oh, wow. The back nine to go. We got the back nine. And then it was like birdie 10, part 11. No, birdie 10. I think he had a two on 11. I hold like a 20 footer on 12 for par. And I thought, right, it's getting a bit serious now. He then parred 13. I think he had another two on 14. And I said, oh, come on. It's going to be a ridiculous score in. And we came to 18 and... We made, it's just the craziest hole. I went out of bounds right. He then, he went down the middle. He was on the right-hand side in the rough. I then bombed one down the middle. He then tried it in this crazy shot. He topped it, I think. And I went, what are you doing? <laughs> well, I'm just there. I said, I'm out of bounds. Are you? I went, yeah. Can't find it. So he ended up struggling down the hole. I hit this hybrid, just short right. Chipped it on all the five foot. I'm thinking, okay, we've come in with a 57. There's going to be like a, a stupid score in. Yeah. Go in the club and Sam said, uh, what do you score? 57. You didn't. I said, yeah, why? He said, oh, you won the comp then. I said, what do you mean? Best score in 60. I went, oh, shut up. Wow. You went, yeah, 60's in. So we had had a 57 with a six on the last. And I just looked at him. I went, I can't believe we've just won this comp. And we played. <laughs> if you'd seen us yesterday, it was so, so bad. But it was one of those wins. You just, yeah, not gonna get no. It's not emotional, but you just think, where did that come from? And then the rest of the season was crap again. Just the stars aligned at the right time. It was. It was unbelievable. Um, I got some questions from the boys. You know, I like to do this uh, and uh, get obviously your answer for the boys. Um, first question: one target for your golf game by the end of the year. Down to scratch. Down to scratch. Because well, you're, you're off two, is it? One or? Yeah, two. Two. It's 1.6. I don't know how this um, this new World Handicap system works. Like, I think the um, the point threes and point fours have changed. So I, I really don't know how. Like, I could be off two in mount and then four, three in somewhere like Krieger. It's bonkers. I, I, when I was listening to, I think it was Rick Shields' podcast, and he had someone from the actual England golf or something talking about it, and I think you're right. I think if if your scratch is like, uh, like one under or par amount, I think it's like calibrated to a certain way. If you go to Celtic Manor, you're off like six. It depends on. Yeah, I don't is. know how it works, but uh, it's something like that essentially. I think I. I worked out if I played the Celtic Mana off the back tees, I would go from two to something like seven. Oh wow! But I guess that's. I think Gareth worked out if he goes if he plays the Mana, he would go from something like eleven to eighteen or nineteen. And I said, just that's absurd. That's. I'm assuming I just I don't know. I mean, when it, when it does to come to a day like go to the Mana, just be there with the boys. Really, I probably wouldn't take it that serious. But it's um to be honest, that's. Generally, what I want to ask you as well down the line, what what is like your dream sort of golf resort that you'd want to play that you haven't probably haven't played yet, but you you think probably nothing like um, 
Augusta because I don't know how ever how we'd ever be able to play. But a realistic one, what do you think you'd love to play down the line? Realistic one. Oh, um, I'd love to do. I know it would be expensive. But I'd love to do the Alfred Dunhill Links three. So you do Old Course Carnoustie and Kings Barns. Oh. It would cost you so much money. I'd love to do it. I'd be a fan. Oh wow, that'd be a superb another trip. Another good one. Like we were looking at stuff for Gareth Stag do and. We looked at America, we looked at Liverpool. I'd love to do something like Sawgrass, Bay Hill, something like that. Yeah. Because you can get it quite, not cheap, but you can get good deals on it with flights five nights or seven nights, three rounds. It's quite doable. See if they do anything for a blue light card, if you were the police or something. My missus got one. <laughs> See if they do 10%. Because, um... Funny enough, I was looking at the Celtic Manor this week to have a round because it's your birthday now next month, isn't it? It is. It, I, I, well, like you said, you've got Gareth turning 30, which is, is meant, and I'm turning flipping 26, my luck. What What even is good about 26? Like, 25 is a nice number. It's quarter of 100. It's a good, solid number. And then 26, like, that emphasis on the 6 <laughs> is just disgusting. Well, I'm uh, 27 now, and I've... Number I've 7? Got... Seven it's sounds not, good. Twenty six to thirty is not fun. Twenty seven, you got lucky number seven. You know, two and seven makes nine. That's close to ten. That's fantastic. Six is just, it's just dreadful. That ah, I don't know, not good. But I wouldn't mind. I was just having to think about this this week. I wouldn't mind. Like in the summer, like we've got a Bristol trip there, which we can rearrange. But I wouldn't mind doing like a a golf a golf day with the boys somewhere in like May or June if we can get to it. Like I looked at the manor and. You're talking 50, 60 quid with a bit of food. I would imagine if you go on a big again, number. But then again, it's quite expensive. If you go on a big number, surely they'll give you some sort of discount if you're bringing a good good group along. Yeah, there's a, there's a 1 in 12, I think. Ah, I'd like okay. to do that. Like we can have a, I don't know, a bus down or whatever, drive down, bit of food. But then you look at the deals they've got. You can have one night stay, two rounds of golf, £104. This sounds ideal. That you does. can have the boys' championship over uh, two days. Night down there, few drinks, bit of food, lovely. I think, do uh, you know, that that beef have been superb? Have you um going to like tour wise? Have you ever gone to like any proper golf events? Like I know we had uh, well, you had the Ryder Cup in Celtic Manor two thousand ten, <laughs> is it or something like that? Do have you been to anything like that down the line? Well, yeah, um, I applied for the um the ballot back in two thousand nine. Got the tickets, and then me and your brother went down. Went down on the Friday. Um, we met, as we were walking in, Stuart Manley was outside as well and walked oh, wow. in with them. Um, we managed to sprint from the entrance to the first tee to get a seat in the the stand. But at the time, you wasn't allowed to take your mobile in. Uh, you couldn't take no photos. So we we watched the golf on the first tee. We had the two Molinari's, the song. Um, we seen them all tee off, and then obviously... They said it got called off. So we waited round in the um, the hospitality tent for hours and hours. Announcement 10.30, announcement 11.30. Got to 3.30 and we said, look, we're off because we were soaked. Yeah. Driving home then, oh, they're going to restart play half past five. So that was a bit gutting. But then I had an email through um, about a month later. Because of what happened on the first day and you didn't gain money's worth, you, you and your partner can have two tickets to any European tour event going forward. Oh, wow. So... Me and Reese picked Wentworth. So me, Gareth, Josh, Richards, 
and Reese went to went to us when Donald beat Westwood in the playoff to get to world number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your brother and Josh chased the leaders all the way around. Me and Gareth being the lazy men, we sat in the 18th stand all day watching the groups come in. <laughs> so when it got to the 18th and everyone was coming on the 18th, me and Gareth had perfect seats in the stand watching it. Ah, great. But funny story behind that, because we were so rushing to get into the the course, we parked the car in one of the designated fields. But Reese forgot where the car was. So we spent about an hour trying <laughs> that to find surprise me. We spent oh. an hour going through each field trying to find the car because we didn't know where it was. <laughs> so you can imagine, you got four boys. Where the hell's the car? Where is it? We couldn't find it anyway until we oh. did find it and then managed to get back onto the M4. Yeah, I'm like Dana Fipp in Tesla's car park. I, ah, God knows where I've parked. Um, I will say, the Celtic man is a good day out for the Welsh Open. Um, Wentworth is a very good day out. I'm I'm looking forward to the the ladies women's open in 2025 in Royal Porth Court. That'll be really good. That'll be super. Porth Court is a great course as well. As as windy as oh, anything, it but... is. I've played in the wind. It is a brute, but it is so good. I can imagine. Going um to the next question of the boys. Do you think there should be a bigger reward for a hole in one at Mountain Ash? Um, depends really. I've heard a couple of, I've heard stories at Aberdeen. This will be quite interesting for you. When we have a two up mount, we have a double, if, I, if we have a hole in one, we have a double two, don't we? Yeah. I was told that Aberdeen, if you have a hole in one, I think it's Aberdeen, if you have a hole in one, you win the whole two's part. Oh, wow. So if you have a two, oh, my word. someone's a hole in one, they, they, they take your money because they have a hole in one. Ask, what if two people get a hole in one? They've obviously split to them, probably. But, I will say, though, with this golf insurance, it's quite fair because I believe you get £100 anyway for a hole-in-one and a, and a watch in a competition. I um, I was a bit gutted for Sam because obviously he got a hole-in-one in the uh, silver final <laughs> and doesn't get a watch, so uh, I was gutting for him. Yeah, £100, mine, I think, or £50. Not so bad, then. Not so bad. Um, it softens the blow. It does. Best ever moment in golf. Best ever moment in golf. A tough one, that is. Um, I've won comps in my time, but I can't think of my best. I think best ever moment would probably be at this time, think of Top Med, winning a doubles comp with Gareth. Because um, it was one of my targets when I started, was to win a golf competition. But to win one with your best mate, it's, it could be like yourself, win one with your brother or win one with your father. It's one of those special moments. I can imagine. It's, uh, and, you know, that's the story that you'll be able to share down the line. And, all, you know, your name's on the board, so it's always a constant reminder. Is a story, you know, it's, yeah, that is, yeah. you can't get much thing in that. And talking about your partner, Gareth, he asks you, what is your funniest memory from junior golf at Mountain Ash? Oh. Funniest memory as a junior? Um, we've had some good times. <laughs> we've had some very good times. Um, I would probably say we played, we played Wenvo in a team game, and we had me, Gareth, Josh Richards, Josh Martin, Josh Cartwright, Gareth Wesley, Matthew Delahaye. Oh, my dog's making a noise. Um, I think a brother might have been there. We played Wenvo, and at the time. 
you were 16, 17 and the boys wanted a drink. I was only about 14, 15 maybe. And I don't know if you know, we had Figzo, the bus driver. Yeah, no, I, go, I, I remember, yeah. And we, because he had got a minibus, we shook his minibus all the way home down the M, down the M4 uh, and up the A470. <laughs> so as you can imagine, you're a minibus shaking going back and forth down the M4. And I'm here now doing the hand movements because you can't see. And um, <laughs> he stopped the bus, he went, will you stop it? And oh, we done it all the way home. And I think a week later, he basically stopped giving us um, stopped giving us lifts to team games. And then, it, it, I won't say all hell broke loose, but Martin Bynan, God rest his soul, he was he was uh, in charge of the Greens, uh, in charge of the Greens, in charge of the Juniors. Okay. And he resigned. I think he had enough of us. And I think it was time as well. And then obviously, I think jo- the, the Joshes kind of grew out of the juniors and then again God rest his soul Jock took over with Chris Conway and then you had the youngsters then of Reese Jones Ellis Taylor Callum Island Jake Cobley and it took on like another level then of just funniness I remember being a junior and we played Havoc the one day in the locker room and Jaffa banned us from the club for the week <laughs> so none of the juniors were allowed to play we were turned off by our parents. We then went to Aberdeen and played up there for a couple of days. We then had a letter sent down saying they're the best juniors we've ever had. So we went from being criticised and banned at Mount to praised of Aberdeen three miles up the road. <laughs> I think Mountain Ash has definitely produced... I mean, you look at the first team now. The ju- from, from you being a junior and, and, and the other guys you've just named to, to the first team to like today is some of the best... Like, we're Welsh champions for a reason at the end of the day. Um, to be, over the years, Mount have produced a lot of good golfers. Like, before my time, so you'd have people like Marcus Wills, um, Ian Flower, Stuart Manley, Paul Davis, um, Carl Bubia, Matthew Delhey, Rhys Jones, Rhys Carhart, Luke Thomas, myself, Lewis Cobley, Ellis Davis. You've got a lot of boys there who have got down really low. Yeah. Like you could probably say there's a couple of like Lorne Jones, for instance. You look at Lorne and great golfer, great servant for the club. Um I think he's been in a couple of finals. And you look at some boys who've got the final, they've never won it, and you think any other club they'd win one, but because of the calibre of golfers at Mount Avad, they just haven't been able to win one because of how good Mount golfers are. Like look 100%. at Mar, for instance. Five or six finals. I know. He goes to someone like Aberdeen or Ponty, he wins two or three up here because you've got Flowers, Luke and Reese Jones and Reese Cart. Just, it's so tough. Many, so many times in a final. Uh, I mean, at one point, he was, he, he nearly beat Reese and, and Reese, I think, at a, a, I think it was the 12th or something and he'd shot from about 60 yards and landed it about a yard away or you you'd done or something like that and, and that was the turning point. And, There'll be a time, maybe you know. There'll be a final down the line where he'll he'll take the winnings. He's got to like like with you and Gareth and so many. Yeah, he has. He's too good not. He's too good not to win it. Like your brother, the way that your brother started the year last year, I fancied him to win the club championship, but it just doesn't go like that, does it? No, and anything can happen. It could be on the day, and I know it's thinking match of... play. Match play is absolutely nuts because you've got your brother there shooting under par every week. You've got Reese then, Jones, unbelievable striker of a ball. It's if absolutely miles. But everyone would have said, your brother to win that game. 
but you've always got to fancy the underdog as well. If he scores in with not much form, just about qualified for the club championship, and then just turns your brother over, and you think, how on earth has that happened? But it's golf. Golf, golf is, is absolutely crazy. I think that's crazy. why it's so addictive. You could go from not, you know, not having a couple of good holes, to then you know hitting that ball through the middle of the club face, and it's just that that addiction as well is what keeps a lot of the guys going back every single weekend. How many times have you seen a golfer hit it to about five foot thinking, oh, he's won this hole, and then someone chipping in or holding a 40-footer and that person misses? Yeah. It's such a, a mental game. It's funny because you could you go... one minute and you're down the next. You could be three foot in front of a hole on a normal random day and you just don't think nothing of it. Easy. You could do it 100 times out of 100. You, do, you put that scenario in a club competition, you flip in two putt, three putt. It's like this. <laughs> That's golf for you. It's crazy. The, the times I've hit a 10-foot and 3-putt and you think, oh, why have you done that? And then you've hit a 40-foot and all a putt and you think, oh, that's a bonus. Didn't see that one coming. <laughs> um, for Saturday, what's going to be your first thought on that tee, on the drive, on Saturday? Just connect with it. Don't get, don't put it over the avenue. <laughs> oh, for me, i got a snap okay, so I'm kind of lucky in that sense. My one would be a big fade over to the third because I'm left-handed. But yeah. thought on the first tee will be just connect with it and just enjoy it because it's been three months. Being left-handed. It's going to take three. Have you, um, like, I think the the first would, would be good, like, with the way you stand. Um, have you, um... Just wondering, have anyone uh, called you lefty, like they were for Mickerson on any courses or whatever? No, I've never been called, I can't have ever been called lefty. I just see um, every time there's always a left-handed player on a tour or something, even a commentator, they're always calling them lefty. I just don't know if it's a thing that I've missed out on, but eh? The one thing I will say, though, and I've, I've heard it a couple of times on the golf, is that you never see a bad left putter, a left-handed putter, do you, ever? No, you don't. It's quite crazy. I, I can't think of one bad left-handed putter. Either at Mount, who I've played against on tour. It's just crazy. Sure, now that you say about it, I actually can't. Yeah, I do. I, you, you got me there. I, do not, I cannot think of a bad left-handed putter. That's just... I guess that's just one of them things in golf. Um, I'm going to give you a, a fast... Not 10 questions now. I've updated the 12 questions. So the first cool. of the new two questions. So it's going to be a fast-paced question. First answer that comes to your mind, always ask us with the golfing boys. I'm going to fire away with the first one. Jack or Tiger? Tiger. Favourite golf brand? Callaway. Favourite golf course? Puthcall. First app you open when you get up? Twatter. <laughs> <laughs> I call it Twatter because... One of the boys in work would message me and say, oh, have you been on, he like, he'll say about Twitter, and he goes, Twitter, so it's just stuck with me. I think you'd want to be off that at the moment, with the way Liverpool are playing. But even though they did get a win in, I had to gather in somewhere, but they won in the Champions League last night, so that's not so bad. It was good. It was good to win a game. It feels nice to win a game. It's just, weird to say we've gone from, from being so good to, you don't even know what team's going to turn up today. It's uh, hopefully that win now is going to be the turning point of the season. I mean, you've got to say it's better than like looks of Barcelona and Juventus with Messi and Ronaldo both out of the Champions League now. So it's it's paving the way for the likes of Mbappe and um, the one from Dortmund, Ireland. Like I could, I could give um, you can kind of get away with saying all oh, Liverpool are missing Van Dijk, but then the quality that we've had for the last four weeks, 
it doesn't matter the performances because we've got the quality to win games. We haven't been winning games. Yeah. So it's it's frustrating, but it was nice to see Fabinho and Jota back in positions where they should be playing. So I'm hoping now that that's to kick up the, the backside and we go on now on a bit of a run. Hopefully number seven comes home this year, this summer, and we try and squeeze top four. I can't see it. I think we're too far back now to catch, but... It's going to be interesting. You can always do what Chelsea did in 2012, finish something like seventh, eighth in the in the league, but win the league, win the Champions League to go again. Well, it's in Istanbul this year, so I'm hoping that brings good omens back from 2005. That Otherwise, uh, so you're in the Europa League by the looks of it. <laughs> Driving or putting? Chipping. Chipping. Oof. <laughs> Straight Chipping. in the middle. Golf range or golf course? Golf course. YouTube or Netflix? YouTube. I'm obsessed with it. I love it. Favourite ever golf player? Tiger. But there's golfers these days where you just got to love them. You've got Tommy, Brooks, Rory, um, Dustin. You've got all these golfers who are just awesome, but nothing nothing will beat what Tiger's done for this sport. No, I, I think he's... Um... I wonder if, if he ever... If he never played, if the sport would be where it is today. I wonder... Probably not, but well, we'll never know and we're just thankful that he's here in the first place. Yes. One shot you wish you could redo again? Four foot putt away to Puth Call 2015 season. I think if I'd hold it, we may have won the league. So, yeah, that sticks with me a, a bit. Favourite club in the bag? Hybrid. Longest serving club in the bag? Putter. And final one, would you rather get a hole-in-one with no one around or an albatross in the championship final surrounded by hundreds? I've done the hole-in-one with no one around and I think I'd rather the albatross in front of the the, the clubhouse going bonkers. I think that's definitely a good show. Tell me about that hole-in-one. Where, where did it happen? What, what hole was it on? I've had two. So I've had one on the eleventh, just doing a midweek knock and one of the seniors, Robert Williams, seen me going I will say it was a terrible all-in-one it was a semi-thin and it just hit the pin and dropped um the second one was or the first one even was playing the Lord Aberdeer centenary um I think it was 2013 I hadn't long passed my driving test so I'd used my car for the first time and drove up the course I think I was three over with four to go and I birdied 15 I had this driver down 16, didn't know where he went, just went straight. I thought, oh, it's okay. Got down here, side of the green, couldn't find it. Behind the green, couldn't find it. By the, the wall, couldn't find it. Went up to the hole, and my ball was in the hole. I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, this is no way. What's the feeling so, you, you feel as, as you see the ball in the hole? What are you first thinking? I was thinking, surely not. So I picked it up, and it was like a tightless two. Highlighted in the title, so that's my ball. I went Reggie. I was playing with Reggie at the time. I went Reggie. It's in the all. And he was like, no way. I was like, yeah. So he came over. I took a photo. And you're, quite, you're shaking on 17. So you're like, this is this is bonkers. So <laughs> I did on 17, made a part. And then I birdied 18. But as I was walking down 18, I had a text message. Scott, you've left your headlights on. So I was thinking, oh, I'm going to finish this tournament with a, a birdie. I, I'm going to finish this tournament. 3-1, 3-4. And my car battery's going to be flat. That's going to be a story to tell. But oh, wow. luckily, I won the comp by a couple of points, and it was just crazy. And that year, they brought in the hole-in-one watch. 
Oh, okay. So I've still got the Watch U, actually. Um, it's been modernised now with a newer version, but to have a hole-in-one watch and a hole-in-one tie-on presentation night was just great. I think my dad got the old, um, old version watch, and for probably six months to eight months after he got it, He'd always ask me to ask him what the time was, and he'd flip him what about this watch, <laughs> and I'm like, Dad, it's not even funny anymore. After the, it's such a, it's such a dad flipping joke, and I'm like, Dad. I've you... seen um, I've seen a couple of bad hole in ones though, and I think how, I played. Remember that bacon hot summer we had? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I played with Peter Jenkins and Mavis, and Peter, fair play, hit the shot down eleven, and he was going to the left of the green, and the pin was on the right across the slope. Yeah. He hit this shot and it was so baked. It pitched on the left side just short. It kicked vertically right. It ran across the slope, down the slope, hit the pin and dropped. <laughs> Honestly, it was it was a terrible shot, but it was crazy. And then me and Gareth played the Wednesday comp with Lewis. I don't know if Gareth have said this. Yeah, I can I, and oh, I can't even imagine. He hit this like seven iron, I think, and it was like half fat and I he just went, Oh, it's a terrible shot. And it bounced just past the rough on the fairway with the the, the line of the fairway goes, yeah. the walkway. It kicked forward, bounced forward again, and I thought, this is going to go close. And as it kept rolling, you think, nah, surely not. Surely not. And it rolled to about six inches. You think, oh, I've stopped. It kept going, and all of a sudden it dropped. And it was like, <laughs> how has he just had this hole-in-one with a terrible shot? I can't imagine. I probably something. The only time similar to something like that that I've seen is when I was playing a comp and um, I was with new sir, uh, Nathan Bruford and um, <laughs> we were on the eighth and he was on his second shot and we must have been. I think my my rangefinder was saying something like hundred and twenty, hundred and thirty yards out. Something, um, something. Probably a little bit longer out. It's just where the dip is on the twelfth as you come down that hill. So we're around, around by there. And he hit, can't remember what club for him it might have been. Not he's connected quite fast. It wouldn't have been a a, a lot such a long iron. And it's just it's pitched onto the front of the green and it's rolling and it's rolling. <laughs> and all of a sudden you just see the white balls disappear and we've just stared at each other like. Scoring for an eagle. Scoring for an eagle. And I think the tools on that day was something ridiculous, like eleven quid a tool. So, you know, that that's just that's just how it goes. I I've had a I, the only eagle I can remember is the one on the eighth where me and Bubbles and uh I think Gwyn Peej or, or someone we were looking for the ball and it was a similar thing to you. We couldn't find the ball. I said, Ah, oh, bugger it, I probably lost it, boys, and we were going to the ninth and all of a sudden not Martin, but when the other boys come across and go, what ball was you playing? I go, I tailor made this, my name's on it. And he picks it out of the hole on the eighth. On the, on the, and I'm like, that's unbelievable. And but what we didn't know is we, we hadn't gone in for the twos, so I had no fipping money for that. But uh, that's just golf. I've uh, probably, that's just the addictive part about it. We love it. Hopefully we can play it Saturday. Drakeford, come on. If we can walk in a group of four, Without having our clubs, surely a two-baller should be allowed for Saturday, hopefully. In your honour as well, I've got a Tiger Red Lacoste Polo to wear. Ah, that's, well, do you know what? I've had this crocodile head cover for for as long as, like, well, for Christmas that my dad got me, and it's just, 
I, I haven't been able to show it off yet. It's, it's for, Chris, this... for Christmas. I, I wouldn't say I spoiled myself, but my mother got me a Liverpool head cover, which I've yet to use. I bought myself a funky pair of golf shoes, which is for summer only. Um, and then I bought some polos. So I had a couple of Sunnice polos um, off my mother as well. And I went to Swindon shopping in start of December. Yeah. So I picked up a nice Hugo Boss polo. And in the Lacoste shop, they had polos on sale. But do you find that the sizing is weird? Do you have like, it's, is it like it's American, American sizing? Sort of sizing? Yes, it's quite strange. Like a large is, is, it's not, I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. So I said to the man, I said, oh, look, um, I have no idea what the sizes are. What's a large men's? Oh, it's a five. I was like, oh, okay. But <laughs> what I what I found is that, do you know the tennis polos? Yeah. It's a tennis polo, but it it does for golf. It looks good. It I like there was a woman, there was a woman there, and she's like, "Oh, my son plays golf. I don't think this tennis one will go with it." And I said, "Love, I play golf. Trust me, that does go with a golf polo. It is a golf polo. Trust me." I'm gutted that they don't do like golf shoes or or stuff like that because I think they could really get away with with making some good designs. Golf trainers are becoming a bit of a. There's always a debate now whether it is it a golf trainer or is it just a trainer? What's the difference? Like, how do you like determine what is gonna be a so you see like <laughs> these Nike ones coming out? So there's always a discussion about that at the moment. Funny story about that. There's a boy I work with. He's just started, and fair play, he's a good boy. But he come in and I said, "What are those golf shoes? Like the new Nike Air Max?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I said, "So what are them shoes? Oh, Nike Air Max." My uncle got me for Christmas like golf shoes. Really, I went. I can. I went. I can tell. He lifted him up, and they had the golf spikes. Or not golf spikes, but the golf like um, grips on the bottom. I went. They look exactly like trainers. That's that's the that's the biggest thing at the moment. I've, but for Nike, obviously they're loving it because you can probably get away with wearing them as normal trainers or golf. So it's for them. They're just rubbing their hands. But it's. I think you know fashion is massive these days. You've got more younger kids now. Everything social media wise, you know people want to show off their brands and, and if you've got a good pair of trainers that you can wear on golf and other activities it's a win-win for everyone really like I've got I had Nike Roche golf shoes yeah we could wear them just as trainers because they're just as fashionable it's just it's just how it goes I was going to ask you um, if you had unlimited money unlimited money what would you put in the bag 14 clubs 14 clubs Four. um it would have to be a Scotty as a putter. Hundred percent. It'd be a Scotty putter because I've had a Scotty in the past, and although I love my Odyssey, I just think if I had the money to buy a, a Scotty and get custom fitted for one, it'd be a Scotty. Yeah. Um, I love the Callaway wedges, as it is. Um, I just like a newer version. I'd love to get fitted. They look amazing. Is PXGI blade ups? They say they say they're blades, but. They're like blades, but they're not. I got you. I'd love a set of PXGs. Um, I'd probably stick with TaylorMade for the driver and three wood. I love, um, I love my Callaway Hybrid. It's not a pro version. It's like the the normal standard golfer's version. Yeah. But it's so easy to hit, and it does go so far. Um, golf ball would probably be. It's hard to move away from a from a Pro V. Like I've got Chrome Soft TP fives, 
Wilson Staff do was you a very underrated golf ball, I will say. I loved using them last year. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to move away from a Titus Pro V. Do you think there is a big difference, or do you think it's just mentally, or is it just good um good advertisement? Do you think there's a big difference between, say, a brand new Pro V one and a brand new Sirixon AD four to whatever they call it? Do you think you're gonna get much of a difference, or do you think it's all advertisement and the proportion, what would you say? The, ma- the material on the outside is different, but I think if you use Strixon long enough, you'd have the same feel as a Pro V. Like, I say a Callaway feels like a brick on my club on the greens, but in reality, it's just because I love a Pro V so much. Yeah. They react the same. You hit to the same. You might get a bit more spin with another one and they might feel different on a putter, but if pros are using Callaway's, TaylorMade's, Strixon's, Titleist's, there's a reason why they're using them because they're so good. It's, it's just be some different science. feel to different people, I think. Yeah, it's got to be some science behind it. I mean, look at Pro V1. They've, they've been doing... Well, they brought the Pro V in at 2000, I think. So they've had 21 years of, you know, developing... They, I think their best way about going forward is they haven't got to change much. That's the that's the important fact. They don't need to change much. It's just the odd little bits there and then. I know Bridgestone have brought out a new sort of dimple-looking golf ball... Um, like tailor made. I I use tailor made when I can. Um, probably only use them balls during tournaments. It's the, cheap, <laughs> it's, it's the pinnacles on Saturday. Well, um, <laughs> it's. Have you seen our Rick Shields video where he got sent Pro V's from two thousand three? I think. Yeah, it wasn't much difference, was there? No, they no, they wasn't. So it makes me think. You look at like, for instance, now two thousand twenty Pro V's like. On Amazon at the moment, they've got 2018 Chrome Softs for the same price as 2020 ones. Or they've got 2018 ones cheaper. Yeah. If there's no difference, you might as well buy the 2018 ones because they, they, do, they do the same thing. It's just 2020 has got triple track on it. I agree. Have you ever been, um, have you ever had a moment where, say, you are playing on a course and it's a bit of a, you've got a couple of traps. Have you ever saw, oh, okay, I won't use my Pro V1, I'll, I'll use a worse ball beer just in case. Oh, yeah, you get that on a couple of way courses with water or up yeah. the bounds. You think I remember playing with I think Simon Ward and Nathan Manley. Nathan Manley would pip up on the first and old Pro V, get the second, right brand new Pro V out because the first is so notorious for losing the ball. Ten is the same. It's um, for me in Mount in general, it's probably the tenth. I'll maybe put away a good ball just because I've been known now and then to put the ball left. And <laughs> obviously, once you go left, you're, you're dead in the water. One of my funniest memories on the 10th is me and Martin were just playing a random um, afternoon game. And uh, there was these two guys behind us. And I think, you know, me and Martin weren't playing at the fastest pace. And we just thought we were on our own. So we weren't realising that there were two others behind us. So as we do, we step to the side. We yeah, go on, play forward. Happy days. Me and Martin will have a chat on the side. This guy tees off and straight away, gone left. You heard the trees. You're thinking, mm-hmm. ah, he's, he's lost that one. So we're like, yeah, go on, tee off again. Not a problem. Sway down, right? Yet again, he tees off. Shoots left. Go on, swing the trees again. Me and Martin are looking at each other now thinking, why why have we why have we left these people? <laughs> Sway again, third shot. I and I don't know I don't know why he'd be off the tee by now. Left again. There must have been his fifth attempt that he got it in the middle of the fairway. And it just 
Ah, it's just embarrassing. I, I don't know. I, I, I nothing. But there's nothing to be nervous about. It's just me and Martin. You know, we're not two. We're not two players at the end of the day. We're not going to be judging anyone. One of the funniest things I seen last year, and if he listens to this, Chinky Carl Power will hate me for this. <laughs> me and me and it was me, him, and who? And on the fourth, you got a fourth tee, and have you seen those two? You got the corner for on eighteen, and you got that big long tree on its own, the skinny tree. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Chinky's notorious for this big cut, isn't he? Yeah. Well, he hit this, he hit this drive, and I, I just hit this drive. It hit the tree. <laughs> left of the fourth tee, directly left. It ricocheted and shot over the clubhouse and landed on the third green. What? I looked. I looked at who? He looked at me and he was just. You know, you can't laugh. <laughs> he just looked at the ground and he was like, "I can't believe we've just seen that." He just in pure oh, shock. Was, Reggie went. Did a ball just? Did somebody hit a ball over there? I said, "Yeah, Chinky hit the tree and it shot over." He said, "Yeah, it ricocheted past my head." I went, "Oh God." <laughs> Oh, yeah, it was brilliant. I I can't even imagine. Probably another one is um just coming off the second tee, uh second green, and you see someone you got that notorious tree that everyone likes to hit on the right hand side of the green on the second. And I've seen people absolutely thin a ball, it's the tree, and pretty much mm. rolls back to about a yard or so off off the off the tee, and you think, an oh, my word, it's that's the, well. Going back to what we talked about earlier, like yeah, it's not the longest course, but you've got so many traps, and your short game has got to be so on point that it really does get you thinking. You know, that there's lots of stuff that people forget about with golf. Is it's the wind? Is it colder? Is it warmer? Is it raining? Do I? You know, should I use a less club? Should I use like a... the the second the second hole? It's stroking next fifteen, so naturally you think it's an easier hole. Yeah, but when. When we get that dry weather and it hasn't rained for about three weeks and the greens are baked, you try and hit that second green. It's near enough impossible on time because if you don't get the right bounce, you're either going to miss the green left, miss it long, or miss it short, and it can bounce in the first fairway. So you've got to get the right shot. I remember playing with Flower one, one year, about three years ago, when we did have that hot summer, and he hit a 7-9 about three yards off the floor because if he didn't, Pitch it short and run on. He was never going to hold the green. That was the only way you could get on the green was to run it across the floor, essentially, from yeah. the tee. That's, well, that's just how it goes. I, I think you've got the 13th, which is one like that's that, tough. where you've got a, unless it is, unless it's cold and, and a little bit damp, you know, you know, if you're pitching it out of the green, what if you if you slightly overdo it, you know, you've got a, a quite a difficult chip up because it's quite a steep hill. I, Sometimes would just take a little bump and run with an eight iron and let it roll down to the to the from the bear or something. Just let it roll down to the green. Like when we were talking about practicing on a range or a golf course, thirteen is the perfect example because the thirteenth tee shot isn't easy anymore. The trees on the right have matured and the green is yeah. getting tougher to hit. So when we talk, spoke about practicing for practicing for the right occasion, as you say, as we will say. The perfect thing to do would be to go in the trees on the right, drop two or three balls and try and play two or three different shots. So where there's an eight iron punch over the top, try something. Because you could do that on a Friday afternoon practicing. And come Sunday, you could be in the same position and think, oh, I've just played a shot on Friday. I know what I've got to do here. Yeah. Not a case of, oh, I don't know what I'm doing here. You'll have behind a tree, trees in front of it, right. The shot here, do I chip it out sideways or do I take an eight iron, seven iron, punch it, pitch it just out past 
the trees, run down the fairway, great, I've got a two-pack for par. Mount is one of those courses you're going to have uphill, downhill, side-to-side lies, um, different kinds of chip shots, putts. you just got to practice for all different kinds of shots because you will be faced with a couple of doing a round. Like, um, for example, on Crusade, six. If you had your tree shot left, do you chip it back into the fairway? Do you take on the miraculous four-iron shot and uh, curling round, drawing, slicing round into the fairway? Um one, when you go slightly right, do you chip it back in the fairway? Do you take on that shot to go for the green or get it back up at the second tee? You're always going to be faced with a shot to practice. So in, when you play on your own, it is worth dropping an extra ball and thinking, right, I could be faced with this shot one day, so what yeah. will I do you? How will I play it? Do you take your medicine and, I guess, experience will just play out in that aspect? You'll see, I mean, I'm definitely guilty of it. I'm in a bit of a rough on any hole. I'm thinking, ah, let me just, let me just, you know, I'm still going to go for the green. Let me, and then all of a sudden you shank it back. And I did de- over the, like over the few months. Definitely got like to take 10 medicine. You were saying that you go right on 10. The perfect thing for you to do would be, okay, I do this regular. The cops are trees on the 10th, um, right to the 10th. Drop two balls in A. Try and play a seven iron short. Try and play it out. Try and play a shot. You think, right. I could be faced with this one day. If I play this now, I know how to play there in a competition yeah. later on. There's nothing worse than playing on your own and say you do lose a ball on a particular hole. Nothing worse than thinking if I was just with someone else, I'd be able to find this ball yeah. and you're there forever. There's nothing, for me, there's nothing better than hitting a, a wonder shot. Like, have you seen Mickelson shot and the Masters from around a tree to a yeah, three foot? Yeah, cracking shot. There's nothing better than hitting other shots and going... I know how to play that because I practiced it before. I know exactly what shot to play, what iron to hit, where to land it. You know what to do because you've done it before. Yeah, I uh, I started doing it well when I, when I could when we could play golf. I've done it a few times now. Say if you are on a bad area on the tenth and you are on the even on the fairway on the twelfth fairway, I take my my three wood now and I'll it'll be like a little a bump and run with my three wood and I'll on purposely slice it. And it'll just roll across the floor when it's not too wet, and it'll just roll onto the green. And it's worked a few times. Maybe the odd occasion it'll, it'll go too fast and roll over the other side. But I, it's it's a bit safer than trying to go over the trees, for example, or you know not catching it well with my iron. So definitely, the more you put yourself in them scenarios, like the, you know, it's the old saying, practice makes perfect. So it's yeah, it does. And like the one thing that. When Gareth first came back, his chipping was it was his chipping was so bad. He was losing ten shots around from chipping. But he started putting from everywhere and anyone will tell you that he was putting from like twenty yards because chipping was so bad. It's it's in a better place now. But I learned from him that sometimes chipping from five yards off the green is better than putting. Oh, sorry, putting is better than chipping because a putter will get you within three, four foot if, yeah. if you know how to hit it, whereas a chip might check up, might kick on, it might kick left or right, and sometimes even worse putt, because they do say, don't they, a bad putt is better than a bad chip. 100%. You could you could even thin a wedge. You could, say, for example, be well be yeah. on, the, on the 16th. You can putt from just off the edge, and it'll roll down lovely. You thin one, and you're going to be just... It's just not a nice area to be. You know, we've got a couple of rough there near the 17th tees. Definitely put in for myself is probably at my level at least definitely more safer than trying to chip it close. But that's just me. I think for, I think for any level, like if I'm five foot on sixteen is a pretty great example. If I'm five foot short, I'm thinking put this because I know a putter will get me within five 
six foot, whereas a wedge might come four, five foot short, seven foot long. You just don't know with a wedge how it's going to react. Scott, for this, for your, for my last question to you for today's podcast, and it's quite a philosophical one, very deep. How would you like to be remembered, whether in golf or just as a person or from your job? In general, how would you like to be remembered? Oh, that's a tough one. I'd like to be remembered bigger than Hitler, better than Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, No, I've got that from... uh, I had a feeling this question I was going to ask. I got it from an autobiography from one of my favorite comedians, Rick Mayall. His autobiography is called Bigger Than Hitler, Big, uh, Better Than Hitler, Bigger Than Christ. <laughs> um, I think I'd just like to be remembered as a decent person, to be honest, though. That's, that's um, fair enough. I think I'm, not liked, I'm not liked by a few. I'm loved by others. It's just one of them things. I'd like to be remembered as a good person, I guess. That's, Someone that's who's always up for a laugh and a joke. and loves his food. Porto, and hey, you got to keep him Nando's coming. Hopefully soon we can all have a nice oh. Nando's and a golf lane session when the easements come around again. I am controversial, though. I prefer five guys to a Nando's. What? I thought you were going to say... Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a burger man. Ah, uh, then you, you know, you can't go wrong. I, when it comes to burgers, I'm more of a Shake Shack kind of guy. I've never had one. What? Ah, oh, Scott, now this is... No, I've, I've had... I've had five guys. I've had Hills. What else have I had? I've had a couple, but I've never really had a Shake Shack, but those cheesy fries just look crinkle chips, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they just look amazing to me. They, you laugh, well... I've never had a Wagamama's either. I've had, with Wagamama's, I've only gone, I think, once with the missus, and I had steak noodles. Superb, couldn't go wrong. But the problem was, my, my main big, came before my start then I, I just didn't know what was going on apparently <laughs> whatever comes out just goes they just check it out no, doesn't matter what, what it is if it's done it's done it's going out so it's a bit chaotic but you'll have to whenever you can it's a little bit exp- on the expensive side um, for what it is but Shake Shack if you want to do treat yourself to a good good burger that's that's the way to go my problem is every time I say I'm going to get a Shake Shack in Cardiff for example it's right opposite <laughs> Nando's is, is a no brainer what but, do you have in Nando's though? What's your go-to? Go-to five extra hot chicken wings to start off, then Ooh. extra hot chicken butterfly, spicy rice salad, then we leave and I get maybe a dessert. Then from um, Caspers, can't go wrong with a Caspers dessert, and uh, probably never been there either. Oh, Scott, we're gonna have to have a. It'll have to be a golf. It'll have to be mini golf in the treetop Cardiff uh, car park, whatever it's called. It'll have to be Shake Shack, Caspers, and then two for one cocktails or a couple of pints in any in any. Well, what we can do, what we can do when the time is right, we'll have a nice game of golf. All the boys somewhere. We'll, I don't know whether we get home, change if it's up Mount or whatever, or we stay somewhere. We'll go up for a bit of food and we'll end up somewhere like. Shake Shack, have a bit of food, a couple of cocktails, whatever. I don't mind stuff like that because the Bristol trip would have been good, but with COVID now, I, it's just no idea what's going to happen with it. The problem you got, we should do something like that because I like stuff like that. The problem you got, like even with holidays now, in terms of going abroad, yeah, you can go abroad, but the problem is, and like with the Bristol thing, 
there'll just be nothing open. You'll have the course, yeah. But like when you want to go have that nighthood, that nightlife, and, and or go out for a meal, like nothing will or or if something will be open, it'll be so restricted that you can't enjoy yourself. So open that, for example, me and the missus getting married. I'm hoping that come luckily enough in a way it's next year July. So I'm hoping that by then there'll be some well if not the majority of easements so that you haven't got to wear a mask for example. I know um, Garth is looking to postpone his wedding if if there's restrictions because I've not spent this much flipping money to have a photo with a mask on. Hmm. I tell you right now. We'll have to have um, a golfer stag for you too. Then it'll have to be a. I I think I can just about get in if if there's time for this year to get to get in the bachelor's bowl this year and I think if it's the right time <laughs> I can get in again next year and then it's too late. Who was it? I I can't well, I can't remember the name. Was it Jake who won it just before he got married? And he yeah, I, it was either I think it was Dean Mason maybe was either Dean, Dean or Jonathan Mason. One of them did. I remember they were getting married but, like um, a week or two after they just won it. Yeah. We um when we arranged Bristol last year, we done it for September, but we had to book places. So we booked there was one place we booked, you can only have six on a table. I then booked walkabout six on a table. But you can only have two hour slots, so it was like six till eight was some bar, eight till ten was walkabout, and then ten till twelve was Turtle Bay. Oh yeah. But you couldn't even have fun with the boys. Like you'd have to stick in groups of six or four, and then it's not really a night out then. Because if it's twenty of you going or twenty four of you going, you can't all stick together. No, it's not fun. At the end of the day, you you want to be able to. I remember um, before the big lockdown was coming, like uh, winter time, you could only go in groups of four, and 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 if you were seen, if you seen a friend on another table, and if you were seen even talking to them, you get kicked out in spoons, for example, and. The fact that you you you're being punished for having a chat it was, it just sounded absurd. I thought it's it's yeah you can't enjoy yourself you can't you can't socialize you can't do anything so it'd be a blessing when when you can do stuff without having to second guess yourself anymore. Like with the golf, you know the usual thing you'd be you finish your eighteen holes you shake the person you play his hands and and then you move on. Now we're sort of like oh, do you do the elbow? Do you not shake? Do you just wait like? It's having to second guess yourself all the time, and it's like, ah, it's horrible. Like you can't even shake hands after golf. It's a knuckle touch. Like I, <laughs> no. I just don't. Under, I just don't know when you'll be able to allow. They'll be allowed, or they'll say, yeah, you can start shaking hands again. Like when does it naturally happen? Will we told we can start shaking hands again? Or it's it's just, so uh, strange. Like something that you wouldn't even have thought about a, a couple of years ago is now, well, frowned upon. It's it's, it's strange. Like. Literally shaking another man's hand is like frowned upon in in the public eye with, with the majority. It's it's crazy. I was something that you pretty much, like at the end of the day we're social creatures at the end of the day, and that's what, that's what we like to do is you know chat and flipping. If you go on a night out, everyone's going nuts. Everyone's hugging and kissing each other and having a laugh. It's it's just you're not even allowed within God knows how many meters of the next person these days, and it it'll be a great well England look at the. Have everything open on the twenty first of June, and I can't imagine what it's going to be like. I can't see that happening. Um, you've had that Chris Whitty, the advisor to the government, or um, you could forget it. Drake would say in the twenty first of June is fanciful. It just seems like okay. There's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel, but at the same time, there's no. Yeah, they 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 build you up and they build you up, and then all of a sudden it's like ah. Oh, by the way, it's not happening. 
you just want some clarity, right? This is when we're going to start potentially having things back to normal. Yeah, uh, it would be nice to even just if they said, okay, we can't guarantee a date, but this is sort of our timeline. We'd like to have this many vaccinated by this time. And if we do reach this goal, we can ease stuff by then. Probably 21st of June, I don't know. I, I Yeah, I think you're right. I, I don't think we can see anything major happening then. But, you know, just because it's the British public, I think people are just going to go, don't care, you brought our hopes up, and everyone's just <laughs> going to go and agree with each other. Everyone's going to open the bars. Everyone's going to go nuts. And to be honest, when you look at the numbers, there's no way you'd be able to stop that much in the public going, going absolutely nuts. All I'm, all I'm looking for now is, hopefully, with a big hope, that we get the Welsh Open is in July and it's the same week as my birthday. I'd love for us all to have a bus down, we have a few drinks in the Celtic Man and we watch the golf. But yeah. whether we'll be allowed to have tickets and watch it live is another story. But I'd really like that. That'd be nice, that would. They said something that they said that was a definite was that they are quite highly um, certain that all adults in the UK will be vaccinated by... Um, end of June, mid-July. So that is a good shout in its own right, that if 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 like you do want to go to a tournament like that, and if they do turn on and say, you can come if you've had a vaccine, then you just go, ah, oh, here's my vaccine card, and then they, they sort of go, not a problem. I hope to get vaccines soon. I really want to get <laughs> really want some sort of normality. I know, I know. Well, for a lot of people who, I, I don't know many who've had the virus, I know a few, like naturally anyway, they've got the antibodies anyway, so... It's, if you think about it, yeah, you've got the actual statistics of people who've been vaccinated, but people who've had the virus in general will have a natural vaccine if you want. So, yeah, it might say 1.1 million vaccinated in Wales, when realistically it could be 1.5, 1.8 million, depending on how many have got the virus in, in, in Wales alone. So it, it, we are probably one step closer to, to easing our rules and the vaccine numbers going through the roof, which would be great. I like to obviously stay positive about it because there's been so much negativity over the last few years. But, um, I mean, what what are we now? We're 11th of, of March. In 12 days, it'll be a year since Boris hmm. put the national lockdown on us. It's been a year of just craziness. <laughs> hopefully Roll on 2022. Oh, I know, and hopefully... We have some good clarity tomorrow and I get to see you and the boys on Saturday and have a good crack, essentially. I hope so. It'd be nice to see some different people. I've seen the, <laughs> the same four walls for the past couple of months. It'd be nice to see some of the boys. Like, I was driving home earlier and I could see this van come my way. I thought, I know that van. Big big patch on the front of it. WV57. I thought, oh, headlights on, flashing like crazy. Lone Jones. And it's nice to see someone like that you haven't seen in months. You never is driving past someone. <laughs> ah, it's, it's, it's funny how... I think that's the mad thing, yeah. If you see someone in a car, because you haven't seen them in a while, it's more of a surprise than ever. And it's... Do I, even something as simple as getting a cup of coffee with someone, it would be lovely. But yet again, it's, it's frowned upon. And who knows? Who knows when... Hopefully this time next year... You know, with the podcast carrying on, hopefully I can have you guys on again, and we could even reflect on the, these sort of times and, and hopefully laugh about it. If anything, it could just an idea. It could be worth having a round the table chat, and we can have like a reflection of the season because um, 
I ran the Order of Merit last year and unofficially it was just something to keep myself busy and yeah. interesting and I've got a temp I've got a template there. I'm just waiting for um the go ahead for comps. Maybe we'll get a, a fixture list then of what's going on and when and I can officially send out again and we'll have a bit of fun with the Order of Merit because it's nice to it's nice to have something to play for. Yeah. Well that'd be it's great. Like Sam won it last year. Sam won it last year. So it's nice to see like who's consistent every week, who's always up there fighting. It is a good thing because your brother was up there, Sam was up there, Clayton Gore was up there, um, Nathan Bruford was up there. It's good to see boys contending every week and who is consistently the best golfer, really. I am um, looking at Sam when I, uh, I've i done a few, like what you said, putting a few balls down. I've done that with um, Sam, I've done that with Court. And, uh, you know, I definitely believe that when I play with lower handicap players, I'm learning so much more than like just even playing on my own. Just looking at, oh, okay, how are they doing that? Oh, okay, so they're standing like that. Okay, they're holding the club face like that. Definitely, as I play with lower handicaps, my game is 100% improved. And yet again, like I said, I'm lucky to have someone like Reese to just pop a message to and be like, can you look at this video? And he, um, he got me uh, practice sessions with Manly, which are still in the wallet. They're still waiting to be used, but uh, hopefully mm-hmm. with the golf courses opening back up, I can get a couple of practice sessions in and improve the game. Absolutely, that's all it is. Golf, with golf, you always learn new things. It's just the most crazy sport ever. 100%. Like you see some golfers who, on the tour, were starting to play their best golf at like 35, 36. You think, what have we been doing for the past 10 years? But constantly <laughs> evolving and constantly learning. Look like at, I'm hoping my best days are ahead of me. Look at um, Jordan Spieth. I mean, after the Masters, it was sort of just turmoil for a couple of years, making some, not making any cuts, you know, going, disappearing from the game. You've got Gareth asking, how's the podcast going in the chat as we speak? And now look at him, he's he's in contention, just perfectly timed for the Masters if you want. And it could I think I think with Spieth, his putting was so good for a year or two or three years. It was so above the average standard that when his putting eventually did drop back to average, his game just completely went because you look at example Liverpool. They were playing so good for two years. At some point they were going to drop back down to a level, weren't they? Yeah. And when you drop back down to a level, it is a massive drop-off for some people. Like Spieth, he's now playing some good golf again, but that round on Saturday last week, that nine holes, I've never seen anything like it. Pouring chips, putts. It looked like the old Spieth, but can he continue to do that going forward? Yeah. I will put some money on him for the Masters because he loves Augusta. He does. And like I said, Augusta never is never going to change other than the pin locations. And it's it's a yet again it's gonna be getting not to see Tiger there. But I would put oh do you know what I can see I know he's had a couple of dodgy holes lately and I don't know what's happened, like he's had a couple of quadruple bogeys, but I can see Hovland making a good go. I think what I don't know if it's gonna be in the back of his mind and I don't know what his psychological game like, but he's looked at other amateurs coming through, so Marikawa, Marikawa, however you pronounce it, winning a major. You've got um, Matt Wolf, you know, who's in could have won it at the US Open, but Deshambo took it off, but he's always in contention. And and Hovland came through the ranks with them, and is he thinking, like, yeah, he's won a couple of PGA events, but he hasn't got that. 
it's like with the debate between Tiger and and Jack, like Tiger when it comes to 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 tour wins, like no no chance, you know, he's dominating that number. I think something ridiculous, like 20, 30 more tour tour wins. But when it comes to majors, Jack's got more, and fundamentally, that's where everyone looks at at the end of the day. Yeah, of course. Like with with Victor Hovland, he's a great golfer. He's turned into a superstar, but he's been open that he can't chip and he's gone to see Pete Cowan about it. So whether chipping will prevent him from winning the Masters or prevent him from winning a big tournament, mm. we'll have to find out. But he's such a good golfer. But if he can get that chipping sorted, he's definitely one to watch around Augusta. Like You're going to have Brooks... Dustin, um, Spieth, Bryson, Victor. I think Ro- McElroy will be up there. I know one. It seems for McElroy that one round every time he'll have three really good rounds and one bad round, and it's the yeah. one round that kills him. Like today, now you can't lose. You can't win an event on the first day, but you can certainly lose it. And it looks like he may have lost his event already. Yeah, it's not. Was it two thousand and? Oh, I can't remember where he was leading th- for three days. And he lost it on the on the 2011. 2011. And he was looking to get the the four majors when he in the, the Tiger majors or whatever you the Tiger sort of thing. And he just went in with the wrong mentality. And it can happen. You it's just golf, like I said, you look at um can't remember who Gara said he was watching, but I watched the highlight uh ah, Justin Rose, I think, and he shanked it from a bunker and it was horrendous. And it's you think someone who's got that skill and is consistently so amazing at, at striking a ball, but it just takes one wrong error and you could be two or three shots behind to where you should have been in the first place. That That's the beauty of golf. It's a game of inches and you see a lot of players who they might make one mistake in four rounds and it's cost them a tournament and you think, that's how close golf is. What's uh, your opinion on um, DeChambeau with his uh, the way he's got his driving range at the moment in terms of the distance? Do you think he's he's ruining the game? Do you think he's better in the game? There's there's so much debate half and half in terms of he's looking at you know there was a big thing that came out like oh we've got to increase the size of these courses now and but Rory said it best like there's only like a percentage of players who are gonna be able to do that consistently day in, day out. And then there's myself who was like in the other ninety nine percent who is never gonna be driving it three hundred and fifty yards, do you know what I mean, to the green. There's um there's an argument to both sides. I'm I will will say that this driving debate has been going on for twenty, twenty five years. You look at when Tiger first came on the scene in Augusta and yeah. he was hitting it on fifteen, the par five. 330 yards leaving himself a wedge they extended the tee um, naturally the golf game is evolving if you look at the golfers in the 90s and early 2000s fat lazy smokers drinkers they that's where some of the, the tour golfers were the only golfers in the gym in the late 90s was Vijay Singh and Tiger Woods now I think every single golfer people like even Shane Lowry and Beef Johnson they're in the gym they're lifting weights golfers are now athletes so I don't think making golf courses longer is the answer. I just think making golf courses tougher is the answer, whether you bring in 
more rough, more bunkers, more water. Yeah. Um, you do something just to strengthen the golf course. Because can I realistically see DeShambo coming to the US, to the British Open and bombing a 350 into wind? No. Because the way the Americans hit there, they hit it so high. If he hits a 350 into the air, the ball is going to start going backwards to him. And you can't play that kind of golf in, in, in Europe or the UK. You look at when they come to the right cap. The US is a bomb of paradise. They go to the, the Europe, like the golf national in France. They drew the rough because they knew the Americans wanted to bomb it all power golf course. What Bryson has done is phenomenal. He's brought on the weight, he's brought in the work, he's now got the distance. But he's also got to put the work on the short game, on the chip and the pattern. I just think further down the line, you may see we're tying out with these back injuries and knee injuries. At some point, his body is going to say, no, no, this isn't for me anymore. He's going to start suffering injuries. It's just natural, isn't it? I can, I can 100%. I, I look at someone like, like a John Daly, you know, a couple of years ago. Like that body, you think is not athletic any shape or form, but for some reason it works for him. But then you, 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 you're hundred percent right. You go to the modern golfer and their schedule where they wouldn't have before. Now it's gym, it's the diet, it's, it's. You know, even, even down got, to like working core is so much more than ever. You've, you've probably got someone like Rory McIlroy plays golf Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, he could be stretching and some squats, a bit of lifting, nothing major, just get the muscles activating. Yeah. Monday morning, he's probably lifting weights, practice round. Tuesday, the same. Wednesday, then probably nothing. But they're lifting and they are active every single day. They are technically athletes now. Whereas John Daly would rock up on the first tee, fag in mouth and a bottle of Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Dr. Pepper tea, whatever. That's, that's, what, that's what golf was. But it's not like that anymore. It is, you are athletes, you are constantly, you are constantly working off course, on course, mental, you've got mental coaches, you've got yeah. physical coaches, nutritional coaches, you've got everything, chiropractors. You've got a lot these days. I it's think- the same with more sports or... What will be a big surprise is, um, for example, uh, looking at back at Mountain Ash, I think, you know, because you've had a lot of the boys doing, you know, exercising with these lockdowns, you've got the people on the bikes, you've got people doing their house gyms, you know, exercise bikes. It wouldn't surprise me if some people who have started exercising, like, properly since the lockdown, I guarantee they'll, be, they'll probably surprise, they'll probably get a few extra yardage on their driving and stuff. Yeah, I... I 100% agree with that. You might see these boys who've been on their e-bikes for the last three months hitting the ball 10 years longer because their leg muscles are now so strong. They've yeah. got such strong trunks that they are hitting the ball at extra yardage. And they might they might struggle for the first couple of weeks with, oh my God, I can't believe I'm hitting it this far. You, yeah, what's your yardage to club sort of ratio? Yeah, that's what you may get. But it's one of them things. I, I'm lucky in terms of I've been quite consistent. I know, I know my pitching wedge is gonna get is on a on a nice dry no condition day. My pitching wedge is gonna get me 110, 115 yards, and that's about how it's always gonna average. And then I just know my you know as you go from nine, it's always just gonna be an extra ten yards, extra ten yards, no matter uh, going down the irons. I just I've just been lucky in terms of if 
I think I probably would could do with a fit in down the line, and 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 get an idea of I need a ball. I need to ask if anyone's got. I was gonna buy one, but I didn't buy the um. Ah, oh, what's it called? The ah, oh, what is it called? You put a little golf Garmin. Board. Garmin. It's like a Garmin like rain sort of thing that you put it like on the floor and as long as you hit the ball i think a yard either side of it it'll give you a good yardage of what and uh, what your iron shot is like and i think that's where the range comes in into andy where you can get an idea it's a, it's a good job you've got mates because me and gareth have got one well how much how much is it to rent me? out these days <laughs> <laughs> If you buy me and Garth a pint, you can have a go there. There's no problem with that. <laughs> the problem is, We've, um, when I'm allowed to buy you a pint? Oh, that's, um, that's, that's the, the thing. And that's we don't even problem. know when bars are going to open. <laughs> but me and Gareth, the winnings that we've had, so every time we place in the top three or two, we chuck in a pot. So we were yeah. lucky enough last year to open the pot, and it was about 400 quid in it. So we bought one brand new or bought one off eBay. Yeah. So we've, t- we've used it a couple of times, but... I think Rick Shields has done a podcast on it, and he says they are quite accurate. They're, they're, up to a certain distance, they are accurate. They're up there with the best. You've got um, the one that costs like 20 grand, but uh, all the pros use. Foresight uh, and Trackman. That's Trackman and all that. And, and yeah, that's, yeah, you're going to get probably the crispest data feedback for there. But with the Garmin, which is like a 400 quid item, you, you're only going to be, if not, a yard out, if not even closer. And for for what it is, it does the job. It, it gets you the re- the yardage on your ends. It's, you can't ask for no more. And it just gives you that, it's that, you know, good idea where to start from. I, right now, don't know, like, come Saturday, I can't remember how far I can drive a, a, a driver. I can't remember my, my long ends, if I'm honest. I... It's just gonna to have to be a thing of hit hit the ball and see where we are. Yeah, it is that first round back is gonna be a case of just connect with the ball and see what happens. But the I think on the Rick Shields um, video, I think up, I think he said up to something like a four, and it's very accurate. And then you get like the ten yards, twelve yards. That's when the difference starts to come in when your speed starts to get a bit yeah a bit faster. But oh, that's all he wants. Up to like a, a six or a five, and that's all he wants. That's what you need at the end of the day. You know, they're the scoring clubs, really. Hundred percent. I do. I, I think my favorite club is definitely a pitching wedge. The way I can, I so confident. Like when you go back to say, be it being confident with your game, and 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 some people I don't know who would call it cockiness, but like I said, I would end up. I'd I take being called cockiness if it meant I played much better. I when it comes to my pitching wedge, that is my mentality. I am so cocky and confident when it comes to the pitching wedge. I know. I'm going to hit that ball well. Probably so for them with the 9 iron and the 8 iron, but pitching wedge, I don't know what it is about it. It's just always been a club in my bag. That I, If I'm 100 yards out, 105, 10 yards out, I'm so confident it's the first club that I'll just pick out and I haven't got to think about it. It just comes natural. You do. You love that one club where you just love... Like I used to hit my hybrid and then one winter it just clicked and you think, oh, this club, it's your, it's your safe club. You know this club is the one yeah. for you, don't know. It's just, it's that connection you've got. Like I used to love my putter, but the hybrid just beats everything. I've never used a hybrid, see, ever. I bought it because people have got like the obsession with driving irons and two irons, but yeah. a hybrid is so much easier to hit and you get more distance from it. I... I just think I've had so much when it comes to clubs. 
I've had so many hand me downs. I've just sort of had to use. <laughs> like I still got dad's blades. I've got. Oh, they gotta go at some point, surely. They have to. I. <laughs> I I, I can't be using, you know, for my handicap, I can't be using these blades much longer. Um, I was hoping maybe uh, end of April. I, I've been waiting to get new irons and whatnot in the bag. I've just been waiting for for lockdown to finish. I even I even messaged American Golf in, in, in England. And I was like, can I just jump the border and just pretend that I'm English? To, <laughs> I'll pay whatever I have to pay for some new clubs, please. Because <laughs> I know they probably would have opened up earlier than us. But I know... Captain got a new driver. Gas got a new driver. The captain has won a drive. The bit, the funny thing behind that is, is um, we were getting coached by Matt Pythian over in um, just play golf in Ronda. Yeah. And he'd had the mate. I call it the Matrix. He'd had the Maverick in. Yeah. So he said to Gareth, "Oh, he was fitting Gareth. You want to test it out?" So Gareth was testing out, and he was fair play. He was it in the Matrix so well. Yeah. But it's just the, the the price on it. Yeah. The price on it is so golf. The price on drivers is bonkers. So he was then he then bought swapped his driver with Josh Cartwright, the rogue. Okay. So he bought it. I don't think he enjoyed it, and then he started hitting it well, and then he fell in love with it again and went back to the ping. I think. But then <laughs> I had won a football bet, and he texted me the he'd sent me a photo of Kev's prize draw yeah and I said I could buy every single oh someone's had a hole in one in the sawgrass for the looks of it on the TV oh, wow. um, on 17 so he sent me the photo and I said oh I could buy I could buy every single um, ticket for there and have £20 over and yeah. then about three days later he rang me he said you won't believe it I said what oh, I've won I went what do you mean you've won? I've won Kev's draw. <laughs> when, what draw? You went, I've won a brand new sim. I was like, oh, you've got to be joking. I went, what, you bought tickets to do? Yeah, I bought two. 14 and 16 and 16 came out. Wow. And I, I could just sense him. He was shaking. I think he phoned everyone and told them. And it's just, I don't think he's ever bought a brand new no, car. It... So when he had that, he texted me to say, I'm not going to use it until we back off grass. I <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh, just use it. <laughs> You've got to just use it. Just go nuts. Oh, oh, well, well, I can imagine there's probably up there when he won the, the lucky four. I wasn't there when he won it. I can't believe he won it. It's just... It's oh, just... It's one of them things. Some things are meant to be, I think. Yeah. And I, I 100% agree with you. It's it's going to... If you could if you could change one club in your in your bag now, what would you change? Putter, I'd like a new putter. You would, you would go for that Scotty, would you now? I've toyed, I've toyed, I would say toyed, but I've looked at a putter for ages, but it's just taking a risk and buying one and what one would I like? Yeah. Like, I've got the fang. I've had, in the last, like, eight years, I think I've had two putters. I've had the Yes Tracy 2, and I've had the White Hot Fang. Oh, white I like the White The White, it's the White Dice Fang, and... I love it a bit, but you know when you feel like you just want something new to change. Yeah, I'm gonna see how the how the start of the season goes now. And if I if it doesn't go well for the first month or the first six weeks, I may think, oh look, I'll just get a new putter. But it's it's trying to find something that suits your eye and actually wanting something. I think you're right, there. I think it's all well and good, Alvin. I I definitely believe it helps if it looks good. 
obviously everyone's gonna have their different preferences some of them are like the tailor made irons some of them are like a ping irons or Callaway irons I, de I definitely think how it looks on the eye in front of you definitely will make a difference or two in how you hit the ball because I, I as much as I probably should look more using them I can't stand the look of like chunky irons and chunky irons I just don't know what it's about they, they just disgust me like in terms of I don't know. I like slick and, and neat in the egg. I probably can't hit them. Won't be able to hit them as good as I'd like to think I could hit them. But for I some, totally agree with you. I just don't because, know what about a chunky club. Like, it's all good getting fitted and, say, a putter performs unbelievable for you. But if you don't like the look of it, then you're never going to enjoy playing with it, are you? Even though it no. performs well. You want something that looks good and plays good, don't you? You sort of resent the club, if anything. Because, if, say, if you do play well with that club... You, it's going to be a sort of love-hate relationship. You're going to hate the yeah, fact that it, it looks is. disgusting, but it's going to be, it's going to, it's going to do the business. Totally agree with that. Um, Scott, I just want to say though, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on my podcast for episode number eight. I, I think it is. So we're rolling them through day in day out. I think that's two hours. You got a lot of cutting to do on this one. I, uh, you, you're going to give me a late night W. You know that. <laughs> I appreciate it. But, and the uh, rugby on Saturday. Oh, I can't wait. Well, I would say what are your predictions, but I'm more than sure it's going to be, what do you think the score is going to be? If Wales don't win, then I I don't know what, what to say because it's probably the one game I thought, well, Wales were 20-1 to 1 to win the Six Nations prior to the tournament. I wish I put a fiver on it now. Oh, I mean, I didn't see this coming, but I'm going to go 40 points to 10. Well, Martin's draw will be there. See if you can get a, a a couple of balls or a hat or whatever that's on the line. I've he's, enjoyed it, fair play. He's got his charity thing that is coming soon, hopefully, so that's good. Yeah, we'll we'll get that in when we go back to four balls. I think we can get a bit more names. Hundred percent. But Scott, maybe do it to Texas Scramble. We'll see how it goes. That'd be perfect. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for your time. I appreciate every minute I've had you on. And um, no problem, it's been great. Thank you very much. Hopefully, this does good for your, your car journeys to work now. <laughs> I hope so. I need something new because <laughs> I'm getting uh, I can't, I'm running out the podcast because Carragher's is finished. I'm flicking through Jake Humphrey's performance podcast and it's finding the right person to listen to as well. Because if it's Joe not Rogan someone's interested, it doesn't. Hmm? You a Joe Rogan fan? I've not listened to Joe Rogan, no. He's got a couple of good ones on here. His ones with Elon Musk are so interesting. It's quite strange to listen to because there's a lot of pausing in terms of one person will say a sentence and there's a 10 second gap and then there's a reply. So it's quite like you're on the edge, so to speak, because you're thinking someone's going to say something. But I think at the end of the day, I think they're just both so high as a kite that they're just <laughs> trying to think of something to say. I think it's just, it's the sporting ones, it's the football ones, the golf ones, the yeah. motivational ones. It's stuff like that that interests me. Hundred percent, and we do, and we do like that. Um, been a pleasure though. I'm gonna go and have a shower or do something on the bike for a bit, and then edit this, and then uni work. So it's gonna be a busy one, but I love it. Do you know what I mean? It's gonna be great. Hopefully, I see. It's you. Friday tomorrow. I'm one day closer to get out of this mess. Hopefully, I see you guys on Saturday. And yeah, you're right. Just get out of this mess one day at a time. Yeah, I'll um, see you Saturday. Pleasure, Scott. Thank you very much for no your time. No problem. And you have a good one. No run. problem. You too. Cheers, man. Take care. Ta-ra, Ta Scott.